Elon. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 90. On tonight's episode, the Manleys talk about their time at the Warpaka tournament and why this 100-man tournament out in the middle of nowhere rivals every other major tournament on the scene today. And shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. A very good morning, afternoon, and evening to you for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. <laughs> Bringing you Warhammer Visions, Wapaka, and Defining Winning. I'm Chris Hugh. And I'm the one who knocks. Yo, Mr. White. Tech. <laughs> Science, yo. <laughs> it's church, yo. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself, I'm man? hanging in there. Oh, episode 90. We are officially five months away from episode 100. Wow. Exciting times. Yeah. What are we going to do for that centennial episode? I think we'll just copy off Heel and Hammer and just have people on and ask them questions. That was kind of fun. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> that was a good episode. I like that. We're also going to have a Harrison retrospective so we can listen to his voice change. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Every six months or so. <laughs> well, he doesn't come on all that often anymore, but after the last episode when he was on for Triumph and Treachery, people are like... What the hell happened to him? Phoenix <laughs> Prince became a Phoenix King. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you hear him in the early episodes, I really like taking <laughs> yeah. the Sword Masters. Then he's playing it. Yeah, Dad, just roll your dice. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that, Lumberjack? <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, listen, let's get into this. And I think uh, we need to thank our sponsors, don't we, Chris? Yes, let us thank them. Uh, our sponsors are Unique Gifts and Games and Grays Like Illinois, Mirce Miniatures, Mantic Games, guildpainting.com, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, we have a shout-out. We, just we got do it. have a shout-out. We just got it this morning. So, off the um, I am going to open it up right now Breaking on my news phone. Here. Did it, did it, did it, did it. This shout-out is from Dylan Seifert. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's either Seifert or Seifert. But it's either way or First either name way. is Dylan, either or either. Skip it. All right. Um, he writes, as many of you know, the U.S. Masters is coming up in late February. A lot of vitriol has been spewed already back and forth by some areas at one another. And to me, that's too bad. From everything I've heard, this event was supposed to be about getting together with some of the best players in the U.S. and playing Warhammer. To get to know a few bros, learn about different regions, take on the hobby we all love. My hope is that people take the event for what it is and have an amazing time. This year, I didn't make the cut to represent the Midwest, but I'm proud of who we're sending. A special shout-out to Mikey, the People's Champion Gerald, and Kevin Ruins Bruins from the Skull Bros for reigniting my passion for the hobby this year and making me feel a part of the community. Good luck, bros. Roll sixes from Dylan. Club RTP. I don't know what RTP is. I emailed him back and said, dude, what's Club RTP? But I haven't heard no that response from him yet. So, so that's that. Um, that's a good message. Thanks, Dylan. It is great because that, dude, that Wargamers USA forum has been getting heated. Yeah, and it's, it's venomous. Just, you know, there's different styles of play. And we're going to actually, this this between the stuff we did at Wapaka this weekend and this stuff, this has sort of prompted a bit of our yeah, we'll touch on our it. topic for yeah. this this. Uh, this this episode because because we're chock full of it. There's, well, I'm full of something. <laughs> right. So um, also, 
Hey, guess what, Chris? What's up, David? We've got voicemail. Let's get out of here. Voicemail. So, uh, if you good folks would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at one seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. Call now. But David, what about us international callers? Us international callers? Where the hell do you go <laughs> when you need know. to call me? <laughs> you know, I'm just pretending. You want oh. me to do an accent? Okay. Don't do a racist Korean accent because I don't want to get in trouble. What about us international callers? <laughs> okay. I don't know why I sound like that, because uh, he's supposed to be Chinese. It's <laughs> kind of Indian. <laughs> Max Madsen, you may be mad and bad, but you're, you're not, not crazy. crazy. Oh, Sorry, that's a local commercial, no folks. One's gonna get that's that. a local car dealership commercial, <laughs> so you won't get it. Anyway, international callers should call. 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. And if you have one of those phones without letters, it's 001-757-441-4696. So feel free to call and leave us a voicemail. We did get a voicemail, and uh, I will play that right now. Excellent. Hey, Dave, Chris, it's Mark Zolinski, and Colin the Vampire Lord. That's right. And uh, we just wanted to let you know that we did pause the episode just to call you on voicemail. And since I should leave something constructive on the voicemail, I'll just uh, remind you about Ocon coming up in Toledo, Ohio. And that is going to be, what? Uh, February 28th, March 1st, and March 2nd. So if you guys can make it, we'll see you there. Bye. Thanks, Mark. So there we go. Yeah, Mark Zelensky calling. Plug in Ocon, which Andy from Ohio Hammer is, uh, I, I guess he's running it. Um, I've been, I, I know he on, he, he's got the Ocon Facebook page. Yeah, there's a lot of I traffic got, on there lately. Yeah. <laughs> With regards to, uh, he ruled that dogs of war would not be allowed. How do you, how do you feel about that? I guess he allowed it last year, and he allowed it, and I guess they did a revamped version, and it's actually slightly weaker. But he's come to the decision: we're not going to allow. I heard that it was actually like kind of over the top stronger. There's a couple of choices that people have pointed out. Hey, if you if I can take this this like basically all the guys who play it, it look at it. it yeah. Well, the, the guys who are playing it, the guys who actually wrote up the lists. They're not guys who min-max. So they looked at it and thought it's kind of cool options, but nothing sure. broke it. One of the characters, you actually roll a D6 for every character across the table from you, and they roll some sort of a test. I don't know if it's a strength test or initiative. Uh -huh. And if they fail it, they lose a wound. And they keep taking the test until they pass it. So you could literally Jeez. kill off all the characters across the board before the game starts. Wait, you're and they're talking like two wound heroes yeah, running around. People are like, oh. that's freaking crazy. So, you know, they basically. And, and the guy who actually wrote the book. You know, with the the group that wrote this, it said okay, and they they're actually making changes based on suggestions. Oh, and they I are! Think, wow, yeah, so I mean, a and that's, rule book. What do yeah. you think about fan written books, though? See, here's the thing. Now, I never minded. I guess when the when that Chaos Dwarf book came out, you know, because yeah. it was literally based off of a lot of that stuff was based off of. The old Chaos Dwarf stuff sure. and the two page PDF they had based their Weren't stuff. Some off of those of authors actually X G W authors and, and I don't know if Kevin creators? Coleman was, but I, I could have sworn he was, but I he could might be have been. Uh, but either way, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's. I mean, I understand that people want to use their dogs of war and stuff like that, but it's not an army. It's yeah, I, I agree. It's not an army. I mean, you and you can use that stuff in an empire army. I and think you, that ship has sailed. So yeah. And there's I, all these new armies coming out. 
and that's the thing, you know. I, I mean, I'm really sorry GW doesn't support your army. I, I am. I think it's kind of crummy because you look over that stuff and that dogs of war and regiments are now stuff was pretty cool. I remember yeah. looking back when I when I first started playing. That was a really neat type of thing. But they killed it. I mean, you know, right. I would love. I mean, I've seen some of those models for the squats for 40k. <laughs> I knew you're going to bring that up. Hey, you know what? It's it's 40k it's dwarfs. Like the urban myth. It's pretty cool stuff. And I saw some of the models, and they're kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. But if I was going to play it, I would totally play squads. I would totally play it. But it's not a legal army. So if I go on eBay and buy all those old models right, and build it there. and paint it and say, you got to let me play right. this army because I <laughs> bought it and you used to have it and now you've got to let me. The 40K people will be like, get the hell out of here. Right. And, I, and I'm not trying to make fun of anybody who wants to play. I mean, but, but I think it's a rare breed that of, of players in fantasy that only play just the one army. Yeah. That's pretty rare, isn't it? I think so. Well, Morgan. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's just starting out. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I feel bad. But the I think my biggest problem with the Dogs of War, and I know there's going to be people who are going to be like, I hate your show now. I'm not going to listen to you anymore because you don't like Dogs of War. I love Dogs of War. I wish GW would support it, but they don't. And you could roll most of that stuff into an Empire army. Or you could use the models. Yeah, that seems to be the the prevailing sentiment there. Now, granted, if you have some of those regiments of renown, and you got like the manhide flayers for the dark elf unit, right. and then you've got a arsenal, the high elf dragon, right? Rider. Unit. So that might not, obviously, that might not all work in your empire army. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just I have no problem if you want to play that here at my house. But, or, or but as, have, a, as a TO, it, it's hard to man. It, you know, there's all these books coming out of the woodwork that are written by who knows. Oh, who. GW is coming out with all the data slates now, or not the data slates, but the the battle scrolls, the battle scrolls and yeah, the formations. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the way forward. GW is supplying a wealth of new material to use. So exactly, fan created material, while cool, I think is becoming uh, if, outdated. If, if if you brought the that. That you know, because it's a free PDF, you could download right. it. If you download it and said, "Hey, Dave, for the you know Northern Wastelands campaign, I want to play Dogs of War." I don't care as long as nobody else cares in the campaign. It's you know we're playing for fun right. in the basement. Yeah. But I think when you get there, you know, I don't want to be blindsided with something that I've just that I've never seen and never had any need to see. Now I know people are going to say the same thing about the Forge World, the Tamarcon book. But but that's but that's legal. Yeah, you know it's published. It's official. That's published, and you know say what you want. Forge World and GW are the same company. They're I mean, they're split off into their own branch, but they're all owned under the same, the same blanket umbrella. corporation. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and GW has basically said at least now. I know they only have a couple of tournaments, but all that stuff's legal to them. Right. That's how they're saying. It's no news to regular yeah. tournament players. That's right. And no the thing shock. is, everybody knows that the Chaos Dwarfs are. I mean. You, no matter what you think of the Forge World list mm-hmm. and how balanced or unbalanced it is, it's a GW official army. Right. You know, and that's what it is. Well, just to bring it back to um, the, the Ocon thing, because that's what this, this spouted. Right. Andy's response to actually put that thing to bed was actually well written. I don't know if you read his yes. final response to the Dogs of War. Uh-huh. But he, well stated, and I, I think all parties, no matter where they stood on the issue, I think were ultimately... You know, satisfied. It, it was hard to debate his 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 response. True. I read through that though, and I I will say this much: it started off with, you know, basically, it started off as you know we're not going to allow this army, and people asking why not, and then it became a huge debate over the rules, 
And right. I know it's I, not overpowered because I would do this. And, and then people saying, well, it, it is. is. And people saying it yeah, isn't. Right. And I came in and basically said, hey, that's not the point. It's not an army. And if he doesn't, if he's not going to allow it, that's Job it. Job done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like he's saying, oh, we're not allowing, I'm not allowing demons in this tournament. You know? <laughs> right, I mean, right, right. It's, it's, it, it's a niche. And I don't want to offend people, but it's, it's such a niche that it's. Well, it, this, you know what this does? It sparks my interest to start my Fishman Nippon Army. <laughs> Your fishman Nippon army. Yeah. There you go. Well, I want to take a halfling army. I want them to bring back the halflings. Just all. Ha- I want the halfling a whole. If race. you combine that with a dwarf army, you can have a whole army. Oh, <laughs> going to start that already. I knew that was coming. Why did I even? Because do they would it? come well rounded, average height. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well. <sighs> the daggers. Anyway, yeah, I just hate you. <laughs> okay. Well. I guess we should take a commercial break. Yes, I think we should regroup. Yeah, no kidding, because I'm completely thrown off by this now. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. We'll have to let the public. I don't want people to hate on us. Find a new something to hate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're on the news and rumors, and news and rumors are brought to you by the Circle Circle City City Circuit. Circuit. Uh, They're going to be on. Now it's they have a council of three. Although I don't think they call it a council of three. All right, Uh, it's Lizardman Jeff and um, Gary Luther. I think Gary Luther and Ryan Boaz. Oh, I know Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I played him last year at the Beastman. Yeah, yeah. In fact, he came on to the. Uh, I think it was our Facebook page, and it's like yeah. he never listened to any podcasts. And then he met me, and we were playing, and we were he talking. Saw the lights, and I was like, "Dude, just give it a listen." Because he said he never listened to anything. I'm like, you or should give it a shot. Noise. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, he started listening, and now he listens to a bunch of podcasts, nice, cool. and he really enjoys it. So I was like, "Yay!" Um, but they're gonna come on. Mm-hmm. They have them on a little group uh, chat, and they're gonna come on and tell us because they're really gonna. I guess they're gonna try to be spreading this. I think they're gonna try to have wow. a whole. Con as well as their their monthly circuits things they're gonna be, they're planning something big for next year that's that intrigues me I can't wait to yeah hear all about it I'm kind of excited because I know they're good guys yeah and uh, they're also gonna have all their stuff posted up for other people because I know um, 
I was talking to them, and this whole idea of that, that you know, the monthly tournament, which goes into a full kind of circuit of tournaments. Play, yeah. yeah. Um, I know they're going to post that up, so if, if you're in a different region and you want to start one like that. It's like a community-building template. Yeah, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think, really like cool. I said, you know I love campaigns, and the idea of a, a series of tournaments, a, a tournament I, I love campaign, I love basically, that that's, uh. that's awesome. So they're going to be on soon to talk about that. Uh, let's see. What just came out? Well, the new White Dwarf is out. Yeah. Uh, lots of chatter about the new White Dwarf magazine. What's, what's the verdict on that? Well, I haven't seen White Dwarf Weekly. Um, I was promised a copy when I talked to customer service. They said, if you've got White Dwarf, well, it'll switch over to Visions and you'll get a free copy of White they're, Dwarf they're number one. St- starting off on the wrong foot there. Well, I haven't gotten it, and I've been too busy to call them during the hours of operation for customer service. Right. Because I've been working at school. and um, could, so could, I, could one stop by the, the our, your local game store to just pick it up at, as of now, as of this recording? Well, yeah. I mean, by the time this comes out, issue number two will be out because it's weekly. But tonight, let's say if we're done recording, I go down to UGG and pick one up. They should have them. Yeah, they should have it. Okay. Yeah, my whole point is they were sending me the just they said the first one, the first one, the taste. It's a it's a freebie. So right. why, why am I going to go buy one if I got a free right, your freebie? Coming? Yeah, but I don't know how to get it, so I'm a little annoyed because it's got the dwarf stuff. Sure. Then, so I wanted to see it. <laughs> um, but from all accounts, I mean, so the White Dwarf Weekly will contain. Hobby articles, upcoming releases. It's got whatever's coming out next week. Yeah. So, you know, this week uh, they had, what, three things being released. The box of, the, or this coming week is going to be up the box of hammers slash longbeards. Right. Uh, and a dwarf lord uh, blister and a slayer, slayer lord blister. Right. So it's focused on those three things. There's a battle report in there. Okay. There's apparently some sort of a painting article on how to paint up your dwarves. Like okay, the armor right. and the shields and yeah. stuff like that, uh, and by all accounts, it sounds pretty good. Uh, it's basically, but being only thirty pages, it's a, a quick. It's like a pamphlet almost. Yeah, this is coming out next week. Here's but a battle rep. Here's yeah, yeah, yeah. and so um, I, I like that. It's it's more nimble. You can kind of pick and choose if you don't have a uh, subscription. You can pick yeah. and choose what issues you want to buy, especially since it's weekly. I, the, the former White Dwarf once a month, and it was too big. It was a little bit more cumbersome, so I, I like the direction they're headed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you do uh, buy it, I mean, it's going to wind up being a little more expensive for you if you buy it every week, right? Because if you buy it every week, so it goes from pick and choose. a ten bucks a month to basically sixteen to twenty, depending on how many weeks are in the month, right? Um, but obviously, you don't need to buy every month if if sure. You know, if it's a month for an army you don't collect. A lot of Hobbit stuff in this issue. Yeah, it's or, really going to, and it seems because it's so short that they're not going to focus on. It's not like each magazine where they focus on, like last month, you know, the last regular White Dwarf, mostly Tyranids, because yeah. that was the army that came out, and then a, they, but they had to put in an obligatory, here's a little bit of Lord of the Rings stuff, here's sure. a little bit of Warhammer stuff so that everybody gets touched. Here it's coming out every week, so if this week ain't your flavor... It's like a know, higher rate of fire sniper rifle versus a once-a-month shotgun blast. That's, that's, Could you put it, it that that's an interesting analogy. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what's the other publication? The monthly publication, Warhammer Visions. This is what, uh, if you had a subscription to White Dwarf, this is what it switched over to. Tell me about that. Um, it's called Visions yeah. because it's a lot of looking, not a lot of reading. 
Um, you, you got a chance to look it over before we started recording. Right, I got yeah. it last week. I've been through every page of it. Um, it is literally, well, last month was a Tyranid release. So this month's issue, there's hundreds of, tyranids. of pictures of Tyranids, different paint colors. Uh, battle scenes, diorama, battle scenes. lots of dioramas. Yeah, you can take the pictures, and there, there's a lot of cool stuff on the iPad. I could tap it, and it will take the same picture, and it'll, just, it'll look like it flips to the backside of the photo almost, right. and it's a different color scheme, you know, so you can right. see multiple color schemes of the same sort of models and but, stuff. But let's zero in on what the publication is trying to offer its its readers. Because when I, I saw mean, it's it... It's called Visions, and it's, it's, it's billed as... It's, when I talk to them... And everything white, everything GW said about it, it says it's for the hobbyist. So this is more for the you know. I think that's very much the case. I, yes. So when I saw, I mean, the pictures are gorgeous. They're great looking pictures, and I found them to be very inspiring. I think the majority's opinion seems to be that it it's all uh, sizzle and no steak, yeah. as Roder put it. Yeah. Well, I think he called it straight up garbage. I mean, it's literally it straight yeah. up garbage. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he did say he's, he he did canceled. do the steak analogy too. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know I. I don't have a subscription, just but, but just based on what I saw, I could easily spend a couple of evenings going through that and getting inspired and referencing different color schemes or how do they paint this or that. I think, A, I don't think people are giving it enough of a chance. I think people look through it and have already canceled after based one on issue. One, right. um, but based on the fact that a lot of us had no warning, um, the White Dwarf went digital in either November or December of last year. So you'd buy a one-year subscription. A lot of us, like I started in January because that's when my subscription ended to right. White Dwarf. was the last December was the last paper issue I was getting. I subscribed in January. Uh, a lot of people subscribed in November and December. So you're, you get your renewal. It's your 70, 60, I think it was 65 or 70 bucks a year, which isn't bad. I mean, I don't mind at, at 65 bucks a year. That's like uh, five dollars, five twenty-five, or something like that. Five right. fifty an issue. I got no problem paying five fifty an issue for the White Dwarf, even like if it was catalog. I like the old White Dwarf. What I'm saying, but then I know it was catalog. But for five fifty a, a month, I didn't mind flipping through it and seeing all the articles right. and but, reading it. But visions, did you like that? Well, but let me get let me to that. Finish. I okay. will get there. I promise. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people had beef with it because their subscriptions renewed. And then they got announced. Okay, now that you just gave us your sixty-five or seventy bucks, we're changing the magazine on you to this. Yeah, right. and if you are a person who wants what's in White Dwarf Weekly, which is the battle reports and the articles, you're not getting that. Um, I think the armies on parade, where they showed that vampire army, and not just because I play vampires, but showing these guys painted it, and you get to see. People who have put together... I mean, it's its just like the armies on parade in the old White Dwarf. Sure. It's people who've made exceptional... You know, guys who don't work for GW aren't on the heavy metal team. Right. Exceptional armies. This month was no no exception, and it was fantastic. Um, the Golden Demon was... I mean, it had to be at least five or six times as long as the Golden Demon articles in the, white, in the regular White Dwarf, because this is a much... I mean, it's 70 or 80 pages... Longer, right? And it is just pictures, and there's a ton of them. A lot of good-looking pictures. The the the, the, the getting the close-ups on some of those golden demon winners with the banners and the stuff. Right. Yeah. Ace, absolutely ace. Um, then you got to things though, like the battle report, which was six pictures of the game 
with a one-sentence caption under each picture, and then at the end, the two guys who played shaking hands. If it's a battle, report. I'd like a report with my battle report. Color me nutty. I'd like a little more report in my battle report. Maybe it'll get there, but were the pictures good? The pictures were cool, but once again, my beef was, and part, partly because it was 40K stuff. Yeah. So they're saying, oh, here's this guy and that and this, and look, this. And I had, I, like, I, I read the two sentence caption, looked at the picture. I couldn't make head or tail out of what was going on. Well, here's the thing, and we talked about this a little bit on our pre show fist fight. <laughs> I think uh, Visions is all about. By the way, I still got a bloody nose. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stick a tissue up there. Okay, keep going. I got uh, you. Visions, I think, is you know serves to you know uh, inspire and show you how the models will look, especially if you don't cr- you collect, you know, this army or or that range. Right. It shows you the potential, and I think it could really capture your imagination and, and spark some some interest. If you want to learn how to play the game, use these units, or do a further in-depth tutorial on how to paint X, Y, or Z. I think that's where the White Dwarf then comes in handy. Now, the painting tutorials. Now, you know, in the White Dwarf, they give you that little picture of it, and they'll show you the six pictures and tell you what each layer does and how to go through it. You've seen it in the White Dwarf. Um, They had ten of them in Visions for the Tyranids Mm -hmm. in this digital issue. And they did have a cool little new feature, which it's one picture, and there's numbers one to six, and you tap on the first one. Right, and it shows you the first layer, and as you tap on it, the picture keeps morphing and adding that next layer, so you can kind of see the the gradual change in that same picture. Uh, A few of them, the changes were so subtle that I didn't notice the change. I kept tapping, going, "Did it actually change?" Right, Um, but it was cool that you got ten. Ten of these painting little guides because I didn't need to know how to paint the bone parts on uh, Tyranid, right. but showing how they did the carapace with the little the little lined up edgings yeah. and stuff like that, you could use that for other things in other armies. Was that enough meat for you in terms of the how to? Um, I still I pref- well I mean in those painting guides there's not that much meat as far as a text goes in the right. in the white dwarf anyway. Yeah, so I I wasn't too upset with that. They had the kit bash. Did you see the kit bash section? They showed how they did the orc trucks and stuff oh, yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And there's like two sentences. Oh, he moved the engine back and pulled this guy forward. But there's obviously so much more going on in this kit bash that I would like. <sighs> in the in the regular white dwarf, there was more text explaining what they. When you're going to show me a, a massive hobby, um, you know you're going to do a, a, a kit, massive hobby a kit effort, bashing. Right. Yeah, where it's not just painting, where you're going to do a conversion. Yeah. You want to read about it? I want to know. Well, I want to know how you did it because I could look at the cool pictures, but I, I'm not. I'm not unless you understand conversions. You do a lot of them yourself. I think you miss a lot. Like it's it's for the hobbyist that's has has some years of experience or some experience and some know how on how to do things. And yeah, okay, I think, I'll I think give it you serves that. it serves to you know inspire you to start a project. But it's not gonna it's not gonna draw the map for you on how to do it necessarily. I think that's what the other publication. That's what that will do. So that's GW's way of trying to entice you to buy both. You're going to talk me into liking this magazine, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe not buy both all the time, but selectively depending on the project. Okay, well, I'm not giving up on it yet because um, I know next month's Visions is going to be all about all dwarves. dwarves. So I'm going to I'm gonna look at it when there's an army that I'm actually interested in. Th- that'll be good. Then the, the real test will be that third issue. What's it going to be? You might not have an extreme interest in it, but... You might still like it, 
Or maybe yeah, not. Well, so well, it depends. Well, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm giving it time. Dude, I already paid for it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I canceled. I'm getting, you know, prorated. I'm getting my 50 bucks back. Honestly, in this hobby, that money's already gone in my mind. I mean, right, it was already right, deducted sure. from my account. The fact is, if I get it refunded, it's going back to the family checking account, which is right. not my hobby dollar anyway. Sure. It's not like I'm going to get that money back and go out and buy models. If it goes back, it's just going to go towards groceries or whatever. Right. Right. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not scraping by. To, it's not like I mean, I don't need the money's gone. I don't need it that bad. Right. So I'm not rushing to cancel. I can totally. I'm going to give it at least a second issue. Probably, like you said, you said you had one issue you didn't care about. Now one issue you're definitely going to care about. What is that now, third one going to hold see, for you? Does the third one grab you or not? That'll be the deciding factor for me. What, but what, I was I was a little disap- I know it's called visions, but they they said there's. I mean, it's promoted. Your favorite articles are going to be brought over here, and there's no articles. I was. I I mean, I want. I would like a l- some articles. But personally. again, that that's where that other publication should come in. I would think. True. And and maybe that is the plan, you know that they, that they're supposed to go hand in hand. Here's right. the here's the articles. Here's what's coming out next week. Here's the battle reports. Here's the written stuff, and right. then here's the just straight up pictures. It is a nice. I mean, like you said, they're gorgeous. I yeah, mean, I think it, it truly is meant to inspire. Yeah, you know what? What a, think of all the things that you could do I, with this army and these techniques if you want to learn how to do it. You know, go to this other pub. I guess I'm just so used to White Dwarf, at least for the past year or two. Like, especially since they came out with the new how to paint DVD. You know, the the painting yeah. their painting guide with the DVD. Right. It's all very it's it's all very basic. You know, yeah. it's, there's no blending anymore in it. It's paint this. Here's these layers and these different right. colors, and you're done. Uh, White Dwarf has very much been for a beginning hobbyist for yeah. the last year at least. So maybe this is where you start to see that. So maybe you're right. Maybe this is we're not we're not giving you the base all the basics here because this is inspiration for guys who already know what they're doing, which people have been asking for. Maybe, maybe this is the thing. That's what maybe visions, that, maybe I think that is was for. their plan. A lot of they, the pictures, like the orc trucks that you mentioned, <laughs> I, I I found those very interesting. The the conversions, like the photos, they, they didn't cool explain stuff. it. But to see everything laid out for me, as I mean, I'm a very visual person. Uh-huh. Uh, those I found very interesting. See, I want. I want. I'm a person who learns by having things explained to me, whether it's read or spoken to. Like, I've bought like that hot lead DVD yeah. where the guy talks his way through painting stuff, right? And the the talking their way through it, um, does help me quite a bit. So having none of that for me, I I felt I, I was missing something. I I can see that, but uh, I I would think a lot I, of the I never thought of it as for. Being to inspire someone who already has the knowledge. Look what these golden demon painters are doing. If you already know the techniques, well, I can here's tell. inspiration. The way that they they have close up uh, photos on different segments. Yeah, you know th- they painted the armor this way with this technique. A lot of those things never occurred to me to paint. You know that the outer scales bronze and the inner scales silver. You know, it's hard to explain, but certain techniques and close ups that you don't normally get to see from a from a far away full shot. You have to go get up close and see those things, and and I think that's what it's catering to is being able to see a golden demon quality uh, model up close and be able to pick out the details that you normally otherwise wouldn't be able to see. I, like I said, I was already planning on giving it another chance, yeah. and uh, you're 
you know. I, I don't have a subscription, but I think I might look into picking up an issue here or there. Maybe even subscribe. If you're going to subscribe, I would suggest go digital, though. I, I oh, st- for sure. I, I, I think there's actually even more content in the digital. There might be more content than in the actual paper magazine. Could be. It's certainly more interactive. Yeah, I mean, and plus nice. you don't have to keep all those magazines on your shelf. You've got it there. You can just open it up right. anytime and, and view it. It's it's pretty good. Better for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, plus you can zoom in. I mean, the, right. the, the zoom, just the zoom feature alone for the when you can really get in there and see mm-hmm. those high quality, high high resolution pictures and zoom in mm-hmm. and really see what they do is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I was I was disappointed because it wasn't what I expected. I think, um, but like I said, I'm still going to give it a chance. And you, like I said, you're pretty. You're I like you're pretty positive about uh, yeah, it. Yeah, as as much as as much flack as it's getting, I. I I can see where they're going with it, and I like the direction they're headed. Yeah, and well, like I said, when we talked about this before it came out, and I, w- I was very excited for it. It's yeah. for the hobbyists. It's going to be lots of articles on painting. But I kept I kept being told there were articles, and when I hear the word article, I expect – in a magazine – I hear magazine <laughs> article, I expect more text. Yeah, I can see that. It's, the way I liken it is to um, like a Playboy magazine. If they got rid of those articles, would people care? Okay, but I never read the articles in, in that <laughs> That's magazine. That's what I'm saying. I read the, the articles are in amazing. The White Dwarf. They're known though. for the pictures. I think yes. it's the same case here. But I read the articles in White Dwarf with the cool pictures. And now they split it up into this has articles and this has pictures. But I always read all the articles. So well, I'm just saying, if, if it's known for pictures like Playboy is, then I think if you like frame said, it that way, yeah, then I can see I don't it. Have, like I said, I don't have as much of a beef with it as other people do. Like I said, I haven't canceled my subscription. I still think a lot of people's big beef is they split this into two things, and they said, all right, we're splitting into two things. Most people seem to want the White Dwarf and the articles, but right. they're like, no, that's not what you're getting. You're getting this. Well, and, I, I think they're trying to appease two audiences. Well, here. but what I'm saying the basic is and the when advanced. your biggest critics of the White Dwarf is it's just a catalog. Right. Then you get a you, you subscribe to it. You're complaining it's too much of a catalog. And then what they give you is just pretty pictures of what came out last month. It reminds me. Actually, I heard someone reference it, and it reminded me that. I remember when I was a little kid at Christmas time, they had like the Sears and the McDades and all those catalogs right, yeah. where you just open it up, and it was nothing but pictures of stuff that you could product, buy. Sure. Product. That's kind of what it is. It's basically, it's still kind of like a big catalog of what's come out last month. Um. But I don't think that's its intention. I think, like you said, I think you're right. The intention is to inspire the hobbyist with, look, this is all the cool stuff you can do. Because um, first and foremost, they are they position themselves as a miniatures company, not a game company, right? Right. They, they, well, yeah. So they're pushing the, the, the... Forging the narrative, building the models. The glamour models. of yep. the, the miniatures themselves. Connectors. If you want to learn how to play um, this unit with that sort of list... I think that's secondary, at least in GW's mind. It seems that it's secondary. Exactly. So, well, that's that's uh, Warhammer Visions and White Dwarf Weekly. We'll see where it goes. Um, like I said, I am looking forward to the Dwarf I issue. I know you are. Yeah. Because I do definitely want to get some inspiration for painting uh, uh, these. I need to get a color scheme that's together. And so, yeah, hopefully. So, I, just like every issue that Visions com- comes out, they're catering and getting a group of people out there who own Army X. They're getting them excited to your level. That's true. So on some level, I mean, they're they're not hitting it 
on all cylinders all the time, but when they do, they're hitting it very deeply. True. They're striking a chord deeply with a, a core yeah. segment. All right, so um, almost done with the news and rumors. They, they, you know, there's they've got some dwarfs coming out this week. Um, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, there's some dwarfs. Um, we've seen some pictures. Three kits coming out. Uh, by the time this is out, the three kits will already be out. Uh, it's the hammerer slash longbeard combo. Right. Oh, those are some nice. Those models. are a huge improvement. Uh, wow, they're really, really cool. I am so excited. I've actually sold off most of my old metal. Uh, yeah, miles. do it. Clean house, make well, dude, room. It was so funny. I went and pulled out all my dwarf stuff. I totally have a seventh that dwarf army. Like I only played them for. I've only played you with that army once. Yeah, I mean, I played it until the vampire counts got yeah. their new book. But I was playing dwarfs, but I didn't play all that much. I played in the campaign and stuff. Right. But um, I had like thirty of every type of unit, and that was it. I had thirty models of this, thirty of that, thirty of the other. I'm looking at going. I have nothing to go hoard with. I have. I don't even have enough to break down into a couple of units. Like right. you know. So I went through, and because they don't match, I went and just. In fact, I was on Twitter tonight. I've still got uh, what twenty iron breakers and twenty hammers. There's a the market for them. I mean, the, the classic models never go out of style, so to speak. So I think well, and is, I, I you should be able to move them. Well, and there's no been people who've basically been saying these are so different yeah. from the others, and I mean, there's so much more detail. I, I think they're better. And they really I don't they match are. at all. They look like two completely different. They're they're, they're pushing the uh, what looks like a Viking type of mm-hmm. aesthetic. They, much harder than they did before. Well, and they've they look a lot like the stuff from the Warhammer Online, that Age of Reckoning. Yeah, yeah. They look a lot like that stuff, and it's cool to me. I love it. I, I do too. Um, so as much uh, as you can like a dwarf. I'm ex- <laughs> so I'm excited about it. But I know a lot of people are like I'm not buying all these new models because none of it matches my old models, and I don't want to have to buy a whole new army's worth of models. And so I'm one of the guys who's saying, "Here, buy mine. Right. I'll, I'll take a loss <laughs> on them. I'll take a loss on them and turn around and sure, I'll get sure. a whole army of these because I am I am really kind of jazzed. You about know what? It was I think the best part. I think they're long beards. The guys with those big shields. Yeah. Those shields look really yeah, good. Yeah, they are really hot because the old shields were just the flat. Sh- you could, well, some of them came with the curved shields with the dwarf faces, but then like the long beards came with those flat shields. Yeah, and then they came that you could glue on either the like anvil a, or the dwarf right, or face or, or the mountain. Yeah, and these are just these. They're so detailed. Yeah, yeah. they um, look really good. I'm jazzed. Then you got the dwarf lord. And it, you could put him on the... He's got the Oath Stone. Right. So you can still get Oath Stones, I guess, because he's standing okay. on the Oath Stone. I, I'm not 100%. It's like he's got so much stuff going on, and he's got well, like uh, the boss pole. I call it the boss pole, because it's like uh, the orcs in 40K. They could be... Right, you know, yeah. They, yep. But it looks like he's got a standard attached to his, to his back, back, which is always weird to me. Like, I get that the standard bear wants to be able to... You know, I want to attach to my back so that I can fight with both hands. Mm-hmm. Always looks weird to me because then it looks like he's got this thing growing out of his head. Yeah, I, I could see that. I'm not complaining. I, I it's like kind of it. cool. Um, I liked it. I wasn't like, oh my god. You I mean, I ordered. By it. I ordered one. Sure. You know, because they're, they're, it's good, but I wasn't like. I still like my uh, my basically my old metal dwarf with shield bearers. I am still far more fond of than that one. Well, once you get it in hands. Yeah, we'll see. You yeah. never once again. Yeah, you, you never, never know until you get it in hand. Right. Um, 
I skipped. I passed on ordering the Slayer. Oh, you didn't order it? I'm nope. shocked. I have 45 regular Slayers. But this is new. Yeah. And, you didn't uh, do it for you, huh? Okay. I got it. Once again, I'm one of those people who got a beef with models standing on giant pieces of scenery. Um, it, just in general, in principle, you're against that? Yeah. Sometimes it's well done. Yeah. Shadowblade. Yeah, well, Shadowblades looks like he's... I mean, if you're jumping off a small piece of rock or something like that, and then you got a right. whole unit that has small rocks around them, because, I mean, we build up our bases. I mean, you right. build up all your dwarf base or all your... Uh, elf bases. Elf bases are all standing on those pieces, yeah, yeah. the broken pieces of tile. So I have no problem with that if it's all like that. But when you get that one... Like, this dwarf is jumping off of a giant piece of a statue. So this giant statue pillar is yeah. moving around all over the board with him. It's just like there's that privateer press model, the the one she's standing on the the big the that the front, prow of a the ship front prow something. of the ship, right. and it's like, where the hell is a ship in the middle of you know in a battle? And I, I realize it's just and it's, it's an aesthetic thing, and there's yeah. the suspension of disbelief. It's just a representation on the board. But there's uh one of one of the uh, one of the Skaven ones came out with that where he's jumping off of a giant piece of s- sculpture, right? And just. Jumping off the giant pieces of sculpture, the really big ones, just for some reason, just doesn't quite do it for me. Huh. And the Slayer himself, I mean, he's he's nicely modeled, but he doesn't look, I mean, he looks like every other Slayer I own. He really does. I don't have a problem with the Metal Slayers. Um, My problem with that model, because I, I, I do think it was the weakest release. Yeah. It, it just doesn't look convincing, the pose that he has, the angle that he's jumping off at. It doesn't look right. I don't know if that's because he's a dwarf and it's not going to look right no matter what, or you know what I mean. I don't mean that to take a shot at you, but it just it just doesn't look convincing. Shadow Blade is very dynamic and it it captures Jumping, the motion flying through the air. The motion, yeah. yeah, you don't see that much motion. But the, this one, it just I don't know, looks goofy to me. Yeah, I, I it's just I have a bunch of dwarf. I have about fifty Slayers, forty five, fifty Slayers. I've got the Slayer Lord models. Mm-hmm. I just you've got enough Slayers. A, I don't need it, and B. It didn't. It didn't really come out and grab me. I'll tell you this. What shocks me the most, though, is because you, as the completist, uh-huh. I know you're you're culling down to specific armies that you're not getting this piece to complete your dwarf. Well, but that's like I have Garagrim Iron Fist, and the other one, the from the Storm of uh, Magic, Storm of Chaos. They have the uh, you could build that Slayer army, yeah. and they have that Slayer King, right? And his son. I've got the Slayer King and the Slayer Son. Way more dynamic as far as the pose goes and not jumping off a piece of rock. They're just there. They're just jumping towards you. They just have him basically up with the arm back, and he's kind of balancing on his toe. He's metal, so you can just have that slot. So it looks like he's jumping at you. Much more dynamic, much better sculpt in my opinion. Uh, If I want to use one as a Slayer Lord, I'll use that one. So, okay. I'll use some of my old Slayer sculpts because they haven't been all advanced and changed. And really, honestly, what are you going to advance them to? They're a bunch of naked dwarfs with big beards and mohawks. Right. I mean, well, this one has striped pants. It's painted though. <laughs> it's didn't, you know, they're not sculpted with stripes. I see. So you're keeping it old school. Huh? Yeah, keeping it old school Slayers. Old school is the best school. Yeah, there you go. But um, you know, I'm not going to bother to. I don't, you know, we could go into the what they're talking about the rules. I'd rather hold off until we actually see the exactly. Rules. Well, I mean, we've seen some. Like the White Dwarf has mentioned some of the rules, and yeah. it does seem like they're pushing towards having this army move a little better mm. and uh, rewarding this army for tr- getting into combat 
of its own volition and not just standing back. Hmm. I mean, the, the strength like the strength bonus if you charge. Right. Uh, it looks like they've dropped the minus one to flee and pursue. So, but there's still movement three, probably. So they okay. probably they, they'll. They probably won't be going into punch. They'll probably be a, a great counter puncher. Well, I mean, so, okay, I can only move forward six instead of eight, so I'm moving forward. I mean, unless they have the anvil mechanic still, right. and or miners. And to the help point force is, things. if you want to get into combat, I mean, everybody complains. The dwarfs just stand back, and we got to come to them. Well, if you start coming to me, right, and I'm coming to you, even though I I'm forced to come at you slower, you're we're still, still coming at each you're other. Still closing the distance, exactly, sure. and. Uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that there's you've got this going on where they can be because you know I mean I've played them I know we didn't play each other a lot yeah. but I've pl- always played them as a combat army yeah I mean I as push fighters. it forward right. I you know I've got a couple of war machines and then two minimal sized units of maybe just uh, dwarf basic dwarf warriors mm. just sort of protecting the war machines like basically as a, as a roadblock sure. not a huge just a, and then yeah, everything else just like run. <laughs> Run, run forward. them forward, the, the smash, man. The, well, that's that's good. That, then the signs then that you pointed out. Yeah, so it's going to help work I mean, in your favor. Yeah, so it would help with my dwarf playstyle. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Who, which army do you think is the biggest, the chief nemesis for the dwarves? Uh, well, I can't say right now. Why not? Um, because I haven't seen the book. Well, but. based on what you know, I don't think it's going to change that much. It may. Man, I don't know. I really don't. You must have an opinion. I, I can't think of it. You know what? Nobody. Ain't nobody going to stand up to the dwarfs. They all oh, fall short. Gosh. You know, I, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, if the dwarfs can still shut down magic like that, then I'm really not that worried about most armies. Uh, you know, like stuff well, that... Take it from a fluff point of view. Stuff that can hit really hard, I, I'm more worried. I'm, I I always worry about ogres because I just worry about ogres, just the sheer number of attacks. Yeah, but from a fluff... I'm asking from a fluff perspective more than anything else. So o- ogres and dwarves haven't really been like a, a marquee no. matchup. Oh, well, I mean, you got to have your, your tie elves, I think, will be... In contention, yeah, because they got that always strikes first. So they got, you know, they got a lot of. They can get in a lot of killing. There's right. always that sort of stuff. Um, like I said, I used to play against dark elves with Christopher, mm. and we were always a pain against them. It was hard because they couldn't crack our armor, right? But they've got a bajillion attacks. So sure. that, and there's always the green skin battles. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, dwarfs need to be able to hit back, and when you just hit them with chaff stuff, right? I really think. Orcs and goblins are going to give dwarves run for their money if you've got a lot of chaff. If you've got, you know, you're running giant squigs or, you know. Squig herds, trolls. Trolls, you know, the um, manglers. Manglers, Stuff that can just hit and do a lot of damage and either poof for 45 points. (sighs) Right. Or just moves through and there's no chance to fight them. Right. I think there's going to be trouble. Hmm. Okay. We've always hated the greenskins, though. Uh, Skaven, stuff that there's just tons and tons of stuff that they can grind them down. What you telling me? Uh, the dwarves get new um, benefit against Skaven. It looks like they've got hatred against Greenskins and Skaven now. That's pretty cool. It fits the fluff. That's the yeah, stuff. Those totally. They, they tunnel under. They're they, they're always fighting in those old characters. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's, yeah. It. I'm kind of. Oh, and uh, ooh, I ordered up this. 
What's that? Uh, coming out to go along with the new Army book, which, by the way, is not going to be at the end of the month. I've just seen on the little on the forums and stuff. Newsflash. It'll be the 15th. Right. So it'll be the Saturday after this episode comes out. It's coming up. Um, also, Thor Grimm, 128-page Black Library novella. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, about uh, the, the picture, you got to go look on the Black Library site. It's just a, a real close up of his yeah. face, kind of like on those other ones. Those right. yeah, yeah. And it's as close up of his face, just looking pissed off because he's always pissed off. <laughs> and then on the bottom of the page, you can see the book of grudges, and there's like his finger, like pointing at. He's like looking at you and pointing at something <laughs> in the book, like you know, look right? what you did. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> Interesting. So I get a I get a I get a new book about Thor Along with that, nice. with it's, it, it's, so. a, it's gonna be a good couple of months here for you. I'm very excited with all the with all the Warhammer stuff I've been selling. Yeah. And I've still got all them I've still got, you know, a ton of orcs and goblins up for sale. Sure. But uh, I got enough to buy pretty much everything. And you're <laughs> you're starting with a blank slate, right? Blank canvas in terms of modeling and colors. Right. And, Display well, board. I mean, the world is your oyster. Exactly. I mean, the stuff I've got, I mean, most of, I just, I realized basically I had that army painted for Adepticon, and that's pretty much all. Mm. And you look at that, it's like, I've got a big unit of rangers painted, which I don't really take right. too often. Uh, I have some warriors painted. I've got a few war machines, and I've got a few uh, quarrelers painted. And other than that, you know, I sold the hammers and the iron yeah. breakers and the longbeards. So I've got I'm gonna, I am mean I got what two units painted. I can strip that and start fresh. Yeah, make, make make way for the new. Very excited. Very nice. I am so excited. So that's the news and rumors. Why was, don't we was take, that the master engineer just now? No, that was my dwarf impression. Oh, okay. I you know I can't do a dwarf impression without I must do an amazing dwarf impression if every time I do it. Well, you think I, I thought it seems to me that you can go back into character and out very easily. Oh, I could I could I can pretend to be a dwarf excellently. There he is. See, that's very good, isn't it? That's a great are you, impression. Are you Yugoslavia now? No, it's my dwarf impression. <laughs> oh, I see. I know it's not exact because I'm not a dwarf myself, <laughs> right. but uh, that's my best. I do I do try. So You do a great. Oh, gee, thank you. Yeah. Let's take a break, come back, and uh, get to uh, pick through the toolbox. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. Welcome back, folks. And we are on to the toolbox. Let's talk a little toolbox. Which is brought to you by... 
Chaos Arms Superstar. Chaos Arms Superstar. Oh, boy. Okay, Toolbox Reading. Have you been reading? Did you finish Shadow King yet? No. Have you I'm read still, any more of Shadow King? I, ha- I haven't, but okay. I have read a lot of The Triumph and Treachery. Oh. Which is, I don't know if you've read the fluff part, but it's a very good read. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah. I'm basically waiting to get it back. Somebody did email us and pointed out, because uh, we got a bunch of the stuff wrong, even when we did our game. Yeah, uh, and we learned it when we went to when we were playing it at uh, Paca right. that at the end of the full turn, whoever got the most in each phase gets extra gets money. Extra money. Yeah. Um, but apparently, and I, I didn't have the book with me to check, but he said that if you declare and win a, a combat, mm-hmm. even if you don't wipe them out, if you just win a combat, you get a fifty point coin for winning a combat. Oh, for just winning a combat? Yeah. Oh, and then you get extra coins for the points. If you if you score a unit, you get points. But I, I was told, I forget who emailed me and I apologize. I don't have the I don't have it in front of me. But there was something about so Well, that's uh, more money in the system is good. There's more opportunity for backstabbing and Well, yeah, and that's the thing which we, you know, the the uh, the offering to trade cards, to buy cards, to sell cards. Right. Uh, just offering to sell your services. I'll use this if you. But I mean, that's the same as selling it to someone, right? Of course, if you sell it to them, then they can use it. You could offer to use it, and they could pay you, and then when sure. it comes time, you could say right. yeah, no. You, you certainly have to purchase the card to to own it to guarantee you yeah, can yeah, use it. You know, it. pay me fifty, and I'll probably use it. Pay me a hundred, you could have right. it. You know, I mean, you could literally get into those kind of yeah. deals. And we still haven't brought in mercenaries. I was just thinking about that. I think that's a very compelling part of that game, which I'm looking forward to. Because you could really start paying money and yeah. to stop. You, know, you pay them to not do anything. Well, not only, just from a modeling perspective, the fact that my goblins could take a bunch of ogres, man-eaters, sure. which are great models. Oh, yeah. Which I never thought I'd ever feel the need for them. But now it's a perfect opportunity to kind of dip my toe into the ogres and pick up a couple. It's It's the brilliance of GW putting that in there. I'm telling you, I know whether you like the idea of having allies or not, it's what 40K's got, and it looks like it's going to be the way of the future for right. because all these battle scrolls, you can take them in any army. Right. The idea that I really like that model. I'm I want to use it. I can buy it, and I don't have to play that army. Hmm. I can buy that. I can buy those man. I could buy those Grail Knights, paint them up how I want them, and bring them into and my army. Them. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's going to be cool. And it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be just, I'm going to pick and choose the best units out of each army. Right. There's going to be rules. You sure. know, you're probably going to have to have a general for that army. Mm. You know, for that faction, you're going to have to have some core units right. for that before you can take any. But the fact that you have the opportunity to use them is, is quite cool. But to bring it back to the reading, one thing I found pretty funny was there's a, there's a dwarf character in one of the scenarios. I think he's a, a thane or, I don't know, whatever, a noble. But it talks about how, you know, even by dwarf standards, he's extra grumpy. <laughs> I just found that funny. <laughs> like, is it appealing? That Do you like the fact that the dwarves are so grumpy and kind of downtrodden? It, you know what? It's, 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 it's kind of funny to me. I mean, they are. They're, they're these great builders and, and great craftsmen, but they're just... They're, they're grumpy. They're cranky old guy. Yeah, they're right. cranky old men. And you know what? I'm a cranky old man. My <laughs> students know I'm a cranky old guy. And okay. it, just, it does. It, it appeals to me, this idea. I mean, like I said, you read Gotrek and Felix, and you get to this part where, where Felix is sitting around with a bunch of slayers. And they're talking about how this dwarf hasn't talked to his brother in 25 years mm-hmm. because when we were buying rounds, 
I bought the first round. He bought around. I bought around. He bought around. We got down to it. I bought around. It was his turn, and he decided he'd had enough to drink and went home. And he didn't buy me in my round. And he got upset. And so, yeah, he got pissed. And he called Claude Monty and goes, no, I bought you that round. No, you didn't. And they haven't talked in all this time because it's just every, you know, there's, they're, they're very much on keeping the scales balanced. And when the scales become sure. unbalanced, they, they get take it personal. They, they take it personal. It's funny to me. I just find it silly. I mean, to me, it cracks me up that they got this. Uh, yeah, they're so stiff-necked. And they are. They just... They bitch about everything. Everything. It's it's comical. So yeah, that that reading I found kind of uh, interesting, but other than that, uh, no reading for me. Uh, Shadow King is on the it's on the horizon. I I will get back to that. I promise. Especially now since I'm doing a lot of painting, high flies. Well, I can't talk because I've been so busy doing other stuff. I'm still plugging away at that same book for After Olinor, and we can't do the damned episode until I finish reading it and get my uh, notes done. So we're working on that. Um, I'm really going through the demon book a lot. Um, the demon army is going to be the army that I'm sort of building and playing around with with conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some people. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who's been sending me bits. Travis has sent me bits. Ryan Taylor has sent me some bits. Nice. Um, Kellis, you know, Gordon yeah, Sundin, yeah. Uh he's sent me some bits. And um, so I'm trying some different... I'm, I'm going to try my hand at conversions with the demons. And I not like just it. on Nurgle stuff. So if it looks crappy, well, it's Nurgle. Right. <laughs> you know, that that's not what I'm doing. I'm actually doing, I'm actually building, all, <laughs> I'm building up four armies because I'm building, you know, armies for each, each for god. each god, sure. And um, right now, Slanesh, I'm working with Slanesh and some conversion ideas and yeah. putting some stuff together that I think is going to look pretty cool. I, I mean, you won't know until it comes together, and, and right. then you can make your your judgment. And I got to thank Rotor, because um, I was talking to Rotor. I'm like, you know, I want to do this stuff, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to sculpt. I really don't know how to sculpt very well, because um, I even look at I've got, I mean, I've got stuff where I just had to fix, like I had to do, cut up a model to get it to fit on a horse. Sure, right. And I had to re-sculpt the cape, and I'm looking at this going, God, this is straight up crap. Like, it just <laughs> doesn't look right. Right. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to sculpt. I don't know what I'm doing. So what advice did he give you? Well, he said, you know, to really start basic, look at some models that if you want to change them, find some models that you want to change, and then look for basic things, head swaps, right? arm swaps, just swaps, just to start, just to get your creative juices flowing. Because once you can, it's like, well, you know, you get a taste of a little success, see that it suits you, you know. You, then you build off of that. Right. Because honestly, I look at people doing stuff like, you know, our, our friend Aaron Schmidt, who just sculpts his own models from scratch, and right. they look... Out of thin air, I <laughs> seemingly mean, overnight. Seriously, those weird Slanesh demons and things that he carved... They're otherworldly. And they're they're as good, if not better, than the GW stuff. Yeah. They don't fit that theme perfectly, but you could tell, wow, this is amazing. It's right. just as good as anything from... I mean, he's good. Honestly, Aaron's sculpts are just as good as anything from GW, anything from Mierce... And and that's high praise because I own models from these companies and I love these companies' models. His stuff is just as good. Yeah. Uh, and I look at that and then I look at your stuff where you're doing a lot of your sculpting. I look at Hastings stuff and I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that. And and, and Rotor's like, oh, well, really? You're going to start? You know, <laughs> I'll start at the top level, please. He's like, right. you know, start basic. And I got that and then I got another idea. And it did. And suddenly it brought me, like, wait a minute. If I'm doing this, what if I try this on this exactly, model? Right. And so suddenly now, off each other. and so who knows? I don't know when it'll be ready. I don't know if it'll be ready. Take your time. There's, we're, we're in the no pressure. 
painting, right? I've got mentality. Hey, I got enough VC to take to any damn tournament yeah, I there want. You go. You're These, tournament ready. I am. So this other stuff, the only thing I got to do is before April, I got to get a display board made. You got time? Yeah. I got. I have to build a display board for Adepticon for my VC army. Yeah. That's it. Other than that, I am painting and building to 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 make it the way I want it to be. You're living the dream. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> so, uh, but that's, you know, I've been working on those conversion ideas with my reading. So. Okay. What about you for hobby? And I know you've been going crazy. Uh, you just brought that model over of that sample you've been showing yeah, people. Yeah, I've been going cr- after Wapaka because that really kind of spark- reignited my wow. painting mojo, <laughs> yeah, right? You think? Yeah. It does that every year. So I, I, I don't know what it is about that tournament. I think it's all the high-level armies that you are exposed to. You know, even the armies that I that I looked at that I wasn't very keen on, even those had a lot of people try. There, there's a lot of originality yeah, in those armies. Everyone has something to offer. Yeah, nobody's just bringing a. Nothing there just seems stock standard. Mm. But we'll circle back yeah. to, to Paco. But I'm saying, that's that's yeah. where the inspiration comes from because totally. nothing is stock standard. Totally. So I've been playing around with different color schemes and tweeting pictures. You know, what do you think of this and that? By the way, Twitter is a great medium to get your you know to get feedback on what you're painting yeah if you've got some followers yeah as we are fortunate enough to have Mm -hmm. you know uh, but seriously even if you don't you jump on you follow a few of your friends see who they're following follow and then you know it spreads like wild yeah it really does so i think i finally honed in on the color scheme which i've been grappling with since i've (laughs) last converted and primed my halves which is what like six months ago well you you were talking about doing this army before the book came out Right. You were saying, I know the book's coming out. I want to do a pre-sundering Nagarith army, mm. but you didn't want to do just the Nagarith colors because that's basically dark elf colors. Purple, black, yeah. silver, right. So I, I went with more, it's still kind of dark elfy, dark red, silver, black, uh, but not I don't associate overtly. red with elves at all. So yeah, it's mostly blues and greens, right? Cool colors, maybe earth tones. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you've got the the high elves, which are a lot of blues and white. Right. Then you've got the dark elves, which are purples and blacks, mm. and then you've got the wood elves, which are you know green. Yeah, green. But um, yeah, but red is not a color I associate. So at first look, it looked a little like it kind of threw me for a second. Right. And th- I like that. You know, it's a very aggressive, warlike kind of culture that this army is based on yeah they're, you know they're basically the guardians of the shrine of uh cain that's that's a cool because that their whole display board has the shrine of cain on exactly it. right so yeah the guardians of the shrine that's that's a really and i found i i, I didn't tell you this but I, I was going through video tutorials on how to paint and stuff i found a great first of all let me ask you what's your thoughts on like snow themed bases i'm not a fan how come because they never look right. In fact, I've only seen one or two armies that ever had... In fact, I commented on one at PACA. I'm like, because yeah. this actually looks like... Whose was that? It might have been... Um, whose was it? I'm, give me a second. I think it might have been um, Zach Shelley's. Because okay. the way his looks, oh, it, oh, it yeah, actually looked Empire. like melting snow. Yeah. Like it looked like it had melted a bunch. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times snow, it's like... When snow falls, it falls on everything. And on the bases, you just can't put snow on everything. Right. I'd like to see an army where they have snow on the whole base, yeah. and then they just dig a trench where the guy's feet like walk through it, because that would look like real snow. <laughs> but that would look terrible on a base. It just wouldn't work. What did you think of Chris Tomlin's snow-based? 
that, you know that that wasn't bad either. It's like I said, it's weird to me because snow doesn't just sit in patches like that. Like naturally, when you see snow, it, uh, it, it does. At the end of winter, when spring starts to set in, there's and it's melting, and there's still little patches here and there, but you see a lot of grass. But it's you got to have the grass, and it's got to look like sort of like melted snow. It's got to be smooth. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you see it, it's got that sort of that fluffier, chunky right. snow look, and it just it never looks right to me. Me personally, it never looks right. It looks a lot of times it looks like a bit of a mess sure. on the on the thing. Well, I, I'm going to try it. Go for I'm it. I'm going to try it because so, okay. So wait. So first you got the cork covered with the tile that you sculpted <laughs> right and then you're going to put snow on top of well, that i'm not going to cover it it's it's you know you'll see you'll still see a lot of the base but there'll be snow uh situated to make it you know to give you the idea that it's a snow kind of environment but basically to come back around to it as i found this great tutorial in how to do icicles oh. and what you do you know those clear plastic stems you sometimes get with kits uh-huh you, you put that over a candle and you stretch it out because it kind of melts. Okay. And as you stretch it out, it becomes you know very thin, almost string-like. Uh-huh. And then it hardens. Then you take that thin part and that's your icicle. You just glue it onto wherever you want it to be dripping from. Huh. And that's it. So I'm when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I am definitely going to try a winter base theme now. Okay. So I'm going to try that. And See, I like a rocky base with, even then, because even when I do my rocky bases, you got those little tufts of dead grass. Yeah. And it's like, unless you're really out, in a rocky plains area, which, right. which dwarfs are. See, I play sure. the dwarfs, yeah, yeah. you know. So it's just rocky with little tufts of grass. That's I. I that makes sense. That's no, what it, I like. It makes sense. Yeah, you have to play to. But where even your with the zombies, I tried. From. I did try to do a swampy base. Mm-hmm. I tried to do something a little different. I think basing's a hard thing. I mean, because mm-hmm. you can do just a basic basing, but if you really want to get those best painted or stuff like that. You've got to go the extra mile. You've got to do something fancy with your base. And once again, it's not something I have found a lot of in- inspiration to do. You know, this hobby has started to make me think, because you know, like I said, I'm very into art and doing stuff like that. And you know, I got into this hobby thinking, wow, there's so many cool things I can do. And it's like, I don't know how to do a lot of them. <laughs> and then I can't think of anything. You know, I have been having trouble thinking of stuff really well. I'm starting to think, maybe I'm just not as imaginative as I thought I was. No, I wouldn't <laughs> you know? say. Well, it 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 takes some time and you have to think about it a lot. You have to look a lot, look at a lot of things, talk to a lot of different people. And I'm kind of impatient with that too. It's like I don't, you know, after a while I get tired of looking. I'm like, screw it, rocks, yeah, and, that's, rocks and and dead grass. That that's when you have to, especially for your doors and your demons, especially if that's your hobby project. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to sit back and focus and take your time with it. Because I, I I'll tell you with the the high elves that I painted before, I just you know picked color A, B, and C, and I just ran with it. And then when the whole unit of 16 or 20 Spirals was done, then I thought, okay, well, do I like this color? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. went through those paces before I actually thought about it. So I'm trying to my best to think about it before I commit and go. And I, I, I'm liking the results, and I'm liking where I'm headed. I am fortunate in that my dwarfs wear a lot of armor, mm. and it's shiny. So I'm going to have a lot of golds and silvers, and it's going to be a little bit easier. Although I would like to try... I've read, you know, people saying you know, put on gold and then like maybe a, like a purple wash to get a little weird color. I've heard and then that. The a purple wash is strikes me as I can see like a red wash, but a purple wash. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm going to try stuff. Strange. I'd love, <laughs> I would love if I knew how if I could do it to do a non-metal metallic. Oh, 
Yeah. That you know, but that's hard. That is, yeah. You know, I'm, that's why I'm waiting on them damn James Wapple videos from the Kickstarter, and he's getting close to done. But I ordered the non-metal metal showing with the light reflecting mm-hmm. off places because mm-hmm. that's that was the thing that really inspired me. In fact, I, to this day, I remember it. I remember getting the white dwarf and Christopher showing me the Aragorn mm. holding the torch at Weathertop, and Chris and pointing light. out to me that the light off the torch. That's glowing on his arm and his hand and on the bit of the base. Because that's not lighting. That's painted in yeah, there. That and is it was pretty just, cool. When you stop and look at it, you're like, oh, like wow. Yeah, that, object that, source lighting. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I could learn to do that OSL stuff and that non-metal metallics, I would, dude, I would do that on every model. Oh, yeah, I would totally. totally go to town. Totally. I just airbrush on the, the Vallejo metallics. Oh, look. Spray it all silver. Well, small steps. Yep. You got to work up to it. But uh, so. So that's, a, that's been it for my hobby. Um, honestly, I have been uh, boxing and shipping out stuff we've been selling. That counts. You know, that's it. I've been, I mean, getting rid of a ton of stuff. I mean, literally. And I've been sending it out. I've been talking to some of the people. If they order big stuff, I'm like, dude, this is already packed in the battle foam. I'll give you the battle foam for half of the cost of that because I, I bought the individual trays. Yeah. And they're like, sure, we'll take it. Why not? We'll just stick it in there. So They're going to need it anyway. Just getting big boxes, sticking the stuff in there, in the foam, paper in the top, right. and... That's what I've been doing for like the last week. All the Skaven are gone. A lot of the dwarfs are gone. I've almost got rid of all the Warriors of Chaos. Uh, when my buddy comes back, the guy that I met online, yeah. uh, when he gets back from his tour of duty, he should be back hopefully in March. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, keep safe, partner. He did email Thank me you that for your he, service. he did email me that he you know it took him like a week to download the show out there to get the internet, wow. and get the time, and right. Get in there, but he actually heard. Okay. I said, saying, hey, he's mentioning him. <laughs> so nice. it's like, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, when he gets home, I'm going to send off a big chunk of what's left of the ogres and get all those Nurgle. Mm. And that's that's already built. And I'm not I'm not working on converting the Nurgle stuff too much. It's, okay. you know, it's, it's the Plague Bears are pretty cool on their own. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to play with them. I'm really looking to play more with the Slanesh stuff and see what I can do with that. Okay. Looking forward to seeing what you come up with. Hopefully it's good. But uh, so really I've just been... Boxing and sending out stuff and getting ready. I've got next month. I'm going to be getting a bunch more demons with this trade, and in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have yeah. a ton of dwarfs. So I can't, you know, I can't wait for your dwarf army to come together because I'm going to throw orcs and goblins at them. I'm going to throw high elves at them. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Great. It's, yeah. You're going to be kitchen sinking oh, at yeah. me. Yep. Oh yeah. And, and Taylor lists knowing that I'm going to be fighting dwarves allows for you know different builds stuff yeah. that I normally wouldn't be able to exactly. Use. Um, I am also looking forward um, to, and I'm going to want your help because I am going to want to do some nice basing with these dwarves. Yeah, I'm going to need your help quite. coming up with. I mean, not not necessarily ideas of what the, but I mean, just even the materials because your basing has been coming along really nicely. Oh, thank you. And I know I looked at them and said, "Wow, this base is really nice." You're like, "That's the same base that three months <laughs> ago you told me you didn't know what the hell I was doing." <laughs> you know what? But it's got a little color on it now. It's now not, it makes it's sense. Not it makes more pink. sense, right? It's yeah. not those yeah, pink yeah. sculpty pieces. Right. And I told you it probably needed. The color. So, yeah. And now that it's got him, yeah, okay, I'm going to have to get you to teach me how to do that so I could do something better. I think with once the you see what, what goes into it, you're going to be like, wow, that's it? Yeah, it's, exactly. That's, yeah. Well, I'll, that's I'll like, give you all my secrets. And well, that's like, like when you show people, actually, you know, people look at your miniatures and they're like, wow, that's so hard. And I actually right. remember my relatives are looking, like, wow, you painted that? I'm like, wait, watch this. Right. Paint that, it's done. I'm like, now watch this. Boom, I hit it with Devil and Mud. Let it like, Really? That's all you have you, to do? You can't to do show this? them your tricks. You have to. Yeah, you know, well, this took see. me, you know, three days of nonstop. 
They think I'm insane as it is. I don't need to do that. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I'm prepping up that Empire stuff because now that I got I got my Battle Foam order, so I've got like trays to put a lot of her Empire stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So and she wants to really get started painting. And if I'm going to start right. painting my dwarf, she's like, Dad. So I promised her that I would take Tom's stuff. I'm going to sort it, organize it, find out what she's got. Right. Build the rest of her stuff. I'm not going fancy. It's her army. Has she chosen a color for it? Well, at first she wanted to do like pink uh, right. and blue or pink and purple. And I'm like, no. I just flat out, no. I'm like, first of all, she's like, wow, I'm like, that's Slanesh colors. Like, What's Slanesh? I'm like, you don't need to know. You just need to know that, that those colors are taken. Um, I did actually in a couple of couple of couple of white dwarfs back. They had the army, and I, I liked the the blue and the light gray. Oh, okay. And I suggested that to her. Yeah. And she's kind of cool with that, but she's still thinking. But I basically decided I have so much to paint at this point. I was actually going to use that over the summer as like. To practice to get some technique down, sure. figure right. it, screw well, it. Why not. And she gets a painted army at the same time. But she wants to paint it, so she's. I'm gonna. She she's not necessarily all that keen on cutting it all and and gluing it. And she's right. like, yeah, that's she's seen me glue my fingers together stuff. enough times where she's like, right. I don't want to do that. So but I'm if gonna she can choose the uh, the army and. I'm gonna have fun. Painting. I got to build her Carl Franz. I got a couple of boxes of knights to build. A couple yeah. of boxes of demigriffs. So I'll build it for her. Put it on the bases. I'll prime it. And then paint it however the hell you want. And so she'll come down here. So when I'm down here painting my dwarfs or whatever, she's going to be painting that. And uh, she's much more patient than her brother. I think once she learns the technique, uh, well, she's going to do really well. I, I think once she sees the payoff and once she sees it all come together, it's like, oh, it's, it's totally worth and it. And she is kind of, I mean, she says she wants to play. Now, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again now. Originally, she just wanted to paint. And I'm like, I am not spending all that money. For you to paint a bunch right. of models and then just throw them aside. So now she's like, "Well, you know, I can't play until you build it and help me." So, well, she could still field an unpainted army. Well, sure, but I think got to be built sure. too, and she wants to learn how to play. So, okay, that's the next step. So I promised her. In fact, until I start really figuring out what I'm going to do with the dwarfs and right. really building them, putting them together, I'm going to just crack down. So my hobby time for the next few weeks is just going to be just cranking out tons of crap just sure you know assembling and no, nothing planned just assembling and getting just, stuff yeah, just ready. roll with it but i do think you're testing you know on a model here or there for your dwarves mm-hmm. you know that would that will i think serve you well you're, you're yeah. basically you're killing two gyrocaptors with one spear chukka <laughs> you're practicing and she's getting <laughs> look at you with all getting, the nice <laughs> analogies it's like a sniper or a shotgun it's and topical to the dwarf <laughs> this is why you write the intros to the show <laughs> Anyway, so uh, you got any other? Uh, yes, I watched Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Was that any good? It was really good. I keep hearing it's good, and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's it it hits all the like the 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 classic sci-fi elements. I, I won't go into too much details because I don't want to spoil any, anything. But usually right. with his movies, I go into it like, okay, it's Tom Cruise. It's, you kind of know what you're going to get. Kind of um, some Scientology nonsense. That or kind of a mediocre kind of film experience. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this one was, was one of the better sci-fi movies I've seen in a long time. Cool. It was. There's a lot of action. There's, you know, it's, it's it tugs at your heart a little bit. And I've been meaning to watch it, and it's been on. It's, it's been on, on cable. It's cable, on HBO, so I'm yeah. going to watch it. I did finish Looper. Oh, yeah, finally. It was pretty good. I guess the ending wasn't what I ex- 
expected it to be, mm-hmm. and I think I was a little tired, and I had to watch it in segments. So, I mean, people were telling me how this is like one of the coolest movies ever, yeah. and I had to see it, and right. maybe my expectations were built up a little too much for it. Uh-huh. I did like it, but it was totally like the ending caught me off guard. Yeah, like, that was totally. not what I was expecting. I was like, no, wait, what? Yeah. It's a, you know? it's a very dark movie. But but I think if you watch movies in segments like that, you kind of you lose a little bit yeah. of the impact. Of I it. couldn't help it. I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, I was tired. Yeah. I got to get up at five o'clock. Makes sense. But uh, so I saw that. Now um, I did. I have been listening to the first Law trilogy, the ones that Bear from Point Amber was talking about, and some mm-hmm. other people. Joe Abercrombie. It's a sort of a fantasy story but uh you know there's no elves and dwarves and stuff like that there's, what makes it fantasy magic well i mean it's it's well it's, it's got the medieval setting but there are mages in okay. it and there is so there's some magic and apparently there's a, a spirit realm demon realm because that's part of the whole story about this stuff that's going on uh-huh. um but just what an amazingly interesting world they've created i mean and the characters like I mean, they, they, and the it's very it's uh, there's a lot of bad language in it, which you know I can see that. Well, I mean, part of it I'm, I'm not used to a lot of bad language in my because like, a lot of Tolkien I read, I right. read a lot of uh, you know even Isaac Asimov, I read sure. that sci-fi. Um, so there's not a ton of it. There's a lot of you know a lot of f words being thrown around and stuff like that. Okay, um, but I, not that I have a problem with it. I'm just saying it's there. Sure. It's a different um, experience. They, they basically, all the characters go completely against type. Which is just really makes for a really interesting story. Yeah, sounds very interesting. Rich characters. Yeah, it's and, and the the world that they create. I mean, I'm on book two. I finished book one and I went right into Audible, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of credits built up because I haven't bought anything in a few months. So nothing right. struck me, so I just went and just bought the rest of the series. Like I don't need okay. to b- go book by book to see if I want the next one. I just picked it all up. I'm just I listening see. to it. Hmm. Um, that and Sherlock. On the BBC, the TV show, yeah, I, um, you know, they just came out with season three. In fact, it was just on Masterpiece on on uh, public on PBS. I saw, yeah, because it, it, it airs right before Downton Abbey, right after which Downton my wife Abbey. and I watch, yeah. right? And uh, they only do apparently like three episodes a season, but they're like full on two hour episode, like they're like movies, right? Um, and so. I watched all of season one and two on Netflix, and then season three just happened in the last three weeks. So Harrison and I just finished watching all of season three. And is it good? Is it something that it's does a, Heather watch it with you? Uh, Heather hasn't watched it because Doubt and Abby's on, and then she's dealing with the girls and going to bed. Right. I know she would like it. I mean, huh. this is her. Maybe I mean, we'll try that too. Dude, it's really good. Hmm. I mean, Benedict Cumberpatch is a great show. And the way they even film it, the way when you see how he's doing things is right. great. Uh Martin Freeman, you know, uh, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. In the, he is John Watson. He's fantastic. I, I mean, really like him as an actor. I do, too. Seriously, if you like him and you like Benedict Cumberpatch, you know, Khan. In the, sure. Well, I, I, I have yet to see that movie. You know, well, he's good in that one, but, too. Yeah. But um, it's 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 fantastic. I've already, I've watched... I've watched... Well, I, I've, I've got all of them on the... In fact, yeah, I've seen all of them now, except the last one. I've seen them all three times. I'll have to check that just, out. Now it's just, intriguing. Yeah, I just, I'm just, I'll go back if I'm sitting down here and working on something. Yeah. I'll just put it on because even the kids, like they're like, we don't want to watch this. And Harrison's hooked. Even Morgan, who doesn't want to sit still for that right. type of a show, is like, 
This is really cool. Well, the fact that it, you can rewatch it that often is a yeah. good sign. It's just, I mean, it's so well put together. Right. That, and well, it's got A-list actors. And there's you know. nine episodes total. I mean, they're long, but there's only nine episodes. Right. So, yeah. So if you like it, you're going to wind up rewatching it because it's not like okay. you're watching, you know, it's not like Breaking Bad, which will take you two months to watch. Sure. If you sit down here every night and hobby and turn it on, you're done with the whole darn series in a week, you know? Okay. You can go back and watch it again. It's really worth it. Even if you know how it's going to break out, just the acting and the dialogue, really top-notch. Okay. So that's it for me. That was quite a toolbox. Yes, it was. So let's break, come back, and talk about Walpack. That plan. God, that was awesome. Awesome. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your arm. Show back from Wapaka. A lot of episodes talking about Wapaka. This is such a marquee event. You know, it's so funny because Ben Curry got on and said, "There's this little <laughs> obscure." <laughs> and I'm like, how is it? Now, granted, it's not like South Coast GT big. You know, it might not be as big as some of these 160 man tournaments they run in. I in think he's poking the UK. a little fun at at Rod. Maybe he was, but uh, I mean, it is out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 a hundred people and it's capped. Bears said he's not expanding it anymore, which right. I think is good. This doesn't need to get bigger. I think as a TO, I can understand and appreciate that. Well, and part of it we'll get to it is he said I heard him saying how he's going to just he's going to work on improving the, the, tables. the tables, which the tables are already amazing, mm-hmm. but. He's been going through now, and basically he's upgraded some of the tables. So now he's got to go through and upgrade sure. all of the tables. But let's let's get to this. Okay, how many times have you been there? That was my second. That was your second. Okay, so there's been five Wapakas. You've been to two. Right. This was my first. Mm. Uh, I know Grant went to, well, I guess it was the second Wapaka. Uh, I think it was the second. Because that was in January, and then he came back, and the first bits was that June, because he mm-hmm. came back and literally came back in January, said... I really we got to do something. We like got to do something, and by by mid February, he had a date and had the hotel picked out. Right. I mean, within weeks, like he said, "Hey, we should do something," and I said, "That's a great idea." 
And I remember at the time, and I was like, thinking, week, wait, what, this year you want to do it? He's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but within a week, I yeah. mean, he'd already had everything go. I was like, wow. Um, but this is going to be the fourth bits. Right. So, yeah, so it had to be after the second yeah. Wapaka yeah, he yeah. went. So this is his third. His third, yeah. Now, obviously, we all know Grant, this is like his favorite tournament. I mean, this inspired him to start running bits. Right. He, he he can't say enough good things about it. Uh, you came back. You're saying great things about yeah. it. Uh, I know Roder and Brosco were even saying, like when I said I had to choose between Wapaka and Adepticon, they're like, Paca. And I'm like, really? Because I'd been to Adepticon before, and I'm like, Adepticon is such an event. There's so many people sure. and so many things going on and gaming around the clock, and it's just like... You know, seriously, you don't want to sleep for four yeah, days. Yeah, the spectacle of it is is over almost overwhelming. And uh, I'm like, well, it's just it's a war. That's just Warhammer. I'm like, how good could it be? And I said this to Bear and Johnny and Raj, and I talked to Bear a couple of times. I, I'm worried he might think I'm going to turn into like a crazy stalker because <laughs> I've been, I like, every time I saw him, I just was like, wow, this is. I had to tell him. So, so how would you compare the two? Would you? I, I as far suppose. as as far as Warhammer tournaments goes, Wapaka is about the best thing I've ever seen. And I'm not trying to, I, you know, I don't want to downplay no, I bits. I, I just, I mean, you know how much I love going to Blood yeah. in the Sun. But Wapaka is a completely different animal. It really is. I mean, you know, at 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 bits, we're all kind of in the same hotel. The the it's in the hotel. The right. the the tournament, everything. Wapaka's in Wapaka, Wisconsin. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, I mean, there really is nothing else around there. You walk out of the, you know, you walk in, there's Wapaka Ale House, and there's basically, they've got the big, like, a hall you can rent for events. They've right. got it rented out for the tournament. It's connected to the restaurant slash bar. Right. So you can constantly eat and drink. You walk out the back, and when the restaurant's closed, that thing stays open because you can walk right through there. To the hotel. Out the back door, and the hotel is behind the place, like, 30 yards. Right. So you just walk across the street and there it is and there's nothing else there there's, there's a few houses some, some gas stations but i mean it's not like you're going to drive out and go get a pizza you're not going to drive and go somewhere else to, to another eat. bar go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah you're at this everyone, place it, it, everyone is pretty much snowed in because yeah the weather it's the middle sucks. of january yeah it's always bad um so i go there and everyone's like oh it's, the, it's so good now first of all each table each table has its own theme and its own different terrain mm. there's one that's supposed to be inside a dwarf hold and like yeah. that, that one i'm glad i didn't play on because i would have gotten claustrophobic because the sides of the board come up like four feet i've played on that table and it looks great it's a bit of a nightmare to play on depending on your army yeah but it's it's a lot of fun to look at i was sure. on the one that there was a bridge crossing an God, actual ravine that table yeah i mean it, it there's a little troll hidden in the yeah. cave down in the river well, there's a six inch ravine and a bridge going across it and then in the corner there's a little swamp with a river troll in the swamp and it's like each table has its own special rules for those special bits of terrain i think i took some pictures of your game on that table Okay. Which maybe we could use for the episode cover. But that know. table, it's got the little, it's, like you could see they did the water effects, and they've got the the troll like halfway in it. And the rule is if you go into there, you got to take a test or you lose models to the river troll. Oh, is that, is that the rule? Yeah. Nice. Um, you can cross over the ravine, but it's dangerous terrain unless you cross at the bridge. Okay. You know, I mean, each 
eat. I went to the one that had the giant uh, corn marker on one side and the giant stone thing on the other. Yeah. Which and then it had a river painted running down the middle, a blood river. So the river's dangerous terrain. The whoever's nearest to the corn marker, let's. Um, it's got a six-inch bubble around it that drives you frenzied. Mm-hmm. But if you're closest to it, um, the army that's got a model closest to it can choose at the start of the, every turn whether that bubble is six inches or twelve inches. So I have like one spirit host up real close to it, right. and he had. And I was playing against a guy who had a bunch of his stuff near it, and I was like, "Well, I'll make it twelve inches, right, sure. make it, you know, make them make you know." But then when my stuff started getting closer, and I was near, okay, now it's six. six so, right. But every there was a bunch of ogre huts on yep, one table. Yep. So I mean, every table. The first game I played in, the, the all the terrain were, were these like pools surrounded by like Nurgle-looking guts. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. that. was disgusting, but it was awesome. Every table. I mean, I haven't been to a ton of tournaments, but most of the tournaments I go to, Adepticon, Blood in the Sun, uh, the smaller Primer GTs, right. it's it's pretty much you know five, six, maybe seven pieces of terrain. Sure. Maybe, and I know at, 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 well, at uh, Blood in the Sun, you guys try to give, you know, there's one, because you ask everyone to bring a piece of terrain. Right, it's a theme piece of it terrain. It gets put on table, the table right. and it gets a special rule. Right. So you have a special rule piece. It's in the book. This every single table is, there's no two tables that look alike. There's no it, two well, tables with the same stuff. A lot of that gets into the, the logistical parts of it, which, you know, everyday players might not comprehend as how much goes into it. I mean, each Bears tables, each of them had their own tub because of the stylized terrain that went went with each table. And they're numbered and they're under the table. And they're stored in a certain way. I don't know where he stores them, but that costs a lot he, if you're going to pay for that storage. There's 50. And then we're talking the big, like, those big clothing 20-gallon, you know, 18-inch yeah, high, 18-inch right. wide, and about two feet long tubs mm. just for the terrain and the table marker. And then each of those... There's the, the what is it the the particle board was it or right. the quarter inch whatever the type of board is that yep. heavy board, um so you know each board there's two guys lifting the board stacking up fifty boards and right. fifty tubs I saw them loading it into the truck so I'd be curious to see where they store that all because right now for pits it's all stored in my basement I think he rents a storage I bet, for I the year and that's, I mean that and that's not cheap no that's an added expense yeah well I mean you know maybe bits I don't know. We looked into it, and it's prohibitive to for, for us to store. For a year? Yeah. Even a small storage area? Like enough to store all that yeah, would be? Yeah, there's not quite enough in the budget. To, and I don't think we'd want to, unless we absolutely had to. Right. If we Right now, if we store for free, and you know, my wife is okay with it for now, so yeah. why pay for it if we don't have to? Well, I'm to? not saying you should. I'm just, but yeah, it's, and that, and I mean, I couldn't. Like, you know, you guys told me about this, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get there, and you're like, Wow, the amount of work. Cause it's and it's not like okay, these are ogre huts and they look mm. like crap. These are re- the, yeah, the, they're well put together. He has some things like a, a battery op powered like a, a water I, fountain thing. I took a video of that. Yeah. yeah, the 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 water the water wheel the water wheel at the mill yeah. on the one table because the table's got a whole cliff and there's a river in it. Mm. And the the building's got a water wheel that that turns. I took a little video of it to show my students because I knew they wouldn't cool. believe me. It was cool. Or things that are that are light, like have functioning lights in them. Yeah, I mean it's really neat. He, they do a great job with that terrain. It, it's so above and beyond. I mean, every table is fun to plan. Although I did feel stupid. Mm. I called him over to my table in game two, and I'm like, uh, "Dude, someone took all the terrain." 
And I'm like, huh? Because there was nothing on the table. But the terrain was just supposed to be these swamp areas, and it yeah. was just part of the board. Like, they had dug it out, oh, and they had put I the see. water effects. Right. And like, no, this is them. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I feel <laughs> stupid. And I really felt bad because I felt like I kind of insulted them. Like, this table has nothing on uh, it. And like, no, it's there. It's just built it. But that's one of the tables Bear wants to redo. Okay. You know, because it's like that's – even and, and, and don't get me wrong. It was a nice-looking table, but I was looking at all these other tables with all this stuff on them, mm. and this table was flat and had the little swamp spots. And he's like, no, no, this is one of the tables that's getting redone. Right. You know, because now that he's got it all done and he's not expanding past this. Well, yeah, it could reinvest your time and resources into yeah, getting everything up. Go over stuff. every table. Yeah. We, we talked about that. You know, the hard boards look great. You know, we opted to go with the mats just because they're easier to store and transport. Right, right. But uh, yeah, they, they they are renowned for their for their terrain. I, I hear that um, North Star is too, but I haven't been able to get out to that one. Yeah, I have no idea, but I I can't imagine it being anything at that level. Mm. Um, so I go in there, I see all of this, and it really is. It's like it's like the perfect tournament conditions because we all go there. We get there Friday afternoon. We're all seeing our friends. We're all saying hi to people, dumping off our stuff. Everybody's excited. Everybody's there with your buddies. And then there's nowhere to go. It's like at Adepticon, people might be signing up for seminars or, you know, hey, you know what? I'm playing Warhammer, but then I'm playing at the 2 in the morning war machine thing. So you're going right. off to this, going off to Or they're going out for a drink at this bar or that yeah, bar. We're going to go to the Tilted Kilt or we're going to go to here or we're going to go right. to Harry Carey's. Here you got one bar. Mm. Everybody's in the same hotel. And you're all snowed in. Yeah. So, you know, we got there. We played all day Friday until... You know, we're gonna until the. In fact, let's go. Let's do that. We get there Friday, mm-hmm. you and I, um, and we're there before Grant got there. And Grant's the one who actually had reserved the the hotel room, right. so we just jumped out and got there and started playing. Uh, it was you, me, Rotor, and Braska, and Ryan Nickel playing Triumph and Treachery. Right, playing a thousand points. And I think that was the right game to start off the weekend because it kind of gets you into the Warhammer frame of mind. Yep, in a group mentality. And boy, we were having fun, just yeah. screwing each other over and stuff. Now, Ryan Nickel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mistake. It was an honest mistake. It was an honest mistake, but it was so funny because he was, you know, we're sitting there, we're all playing, and, you know, we've all got our lists. Rotor's got just a bunch of skinks, and uh, Brosk's got his demons, and you've got your ogres. I've got some... Goblins. Oh, you got or some, or yeah. orcs, sorry. Yeah, some orcs. Um, I've got uh, my VC. I've got mm. a couple of units of this. i got a, you know, and then some ghouls. And then Ryan's got two units of archers, three bolt throwers, and uh, and a character and uh, frost, frost phoenix. Heart. And everyone's like, "How did you fit that much in?" And he's like, "Oh, I, he he'd been reading the Dark Elf book, and he said he totally forgot that you know because I told him he wrote up that list by hand. I'm like, "Oh, right, you're gonna right, this right. ain't a legit list." Yeah. Um, he totally forgot that bolt throwers were still rare. You know, I'm guilty of the the same mistake because when I saw his list, I'm like, "Ooh, that's a rough list." It didn't occur to me. I agree. Well. I'm like, "Oh no, they moved to special." But it was no, it's the dark elves that the bolt throwers are. In oh, special. You, so you actually talked about it? Well, no, because when Brad what, Relian walked yeah. up and said, "How do you fit three bolt throwers and a phoenix right. in at a thousand points?" and he's like, "Well, the phoenix is rare and they're special." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he's right." Yeah, yeah I and even then said that. Brad like, walked yeah. away, and then it, and then all of a sudden, about two turns later, he's like. Wait a minute. And he opens up his book. He's like, 
Oh, no. Well, Brad came back with the book and pointed bolt throwers rare. Turns out he's got, <laughs> on a thousand-point list, almost 500 points are right, rare. Right, We almost, like, which, threw our stuff at him. At oh, yeah, as, as Rotor put it, he almost Jesus-flipped the table. He's just <laughs> like, they did. I mean, Rotor was standing up, standing up and howling, treachery! Right, right, right. But seriously, because he just started shooting up everybody. And Me? He's shooting look, us, actually, yeah, both of shooting, us. Because we were near him. But after that first turn, we everyone out for a smoke break. You were yeah. sitting there talking with him. We were out there, and yeah. they're like, okay, it's Operation Nickel. Don't Let Nickel Do a Damn Thing. Right. Which is why every card came out against Ryan. Oh, yeah. Every card. Uh, he, just, he, well, was, he was pulling ahead early on because his shooting was so dominant. And so, yeah, naturally, if you pull ahead, everyone's going to pile on and bring you back down. But that was a super fun game. Now, we did just play the basic. We just picked one of the scenarios, the one where it right. shows you the five setups, and you got the piece of the target in the middle. And who won that game? I forget. Oh, it was me. Oh, And I didn't did. forget. Oh, okay. oh, no. Okay. I I actually, I, I was, this was a lucky win because... I got the I got the center thing, and everyone started coming after me because right. that's 500 points at the end. They're like, White Tech's going to win. Yeah. I charged into some Nebraska stuff, killed it, turn around, ran into one of your – I think I ran – oh, I ran into Ryan's Frostheart. Mm-hmm. He only had like – Oh, yeah. He had two wounds left, and I charged with my ghouls, figuring I'm going to get a bajillion attacks. All right. I got to do is do two wounds. I had that. I had my, my vampire hero in it. I did – Two wounds. He saved one. Braska pulls out the card. Says, "Not nope, reroll that save." Oh. He fails it, and I, I'm like, I'm going to overrun, because and I, I was he was right on the edge of the board. Yeah. So I ran off the board, and then uh, I was off the board with the with the chip. All and right. It's so like, you're safe because the turns were random. I went like first that turn. You all had mm-hmm. to go through your turn, and then the next turn I wound up going last. So, so like, that means I couldn't charge you. You were you had all you and Ryan were pulling everything you had. Even Brosco was pulling stuff you had just standing there because you knew I had to come back in on right. that point, just lining up, waiting for me to come <laughs> right, back on the board. Chops. And so, and that was where you rolled the dice to see if the game ends. And I came back on the board, and it ended. And rolled the dice. Like, game over. Yes. Oh, slippery. Yeah. So I won that one by by being a total weasel. But um, that, but that was, was a fun game. That was, that was a, a ton of fun. Of fun. Uh, they had the parade of. Well, they, they were supposed. To, I thought it was. They said it was the parade. So did you think that clubs. all the clubs would like march down the center I, of the room? With I thought everyone, they like, were going to have us like line that scene up at in the, the end of Star Wars where there's like yes. lines of people. <laughs> I thought they were going to have us line up in the hallway and videotape us walking into the room and in put, formation. You know, just put our. Well, dude, because we had five of us and we brought the little. Cheesy wooden chopper, the right. one we won. Yep. So we had the, the, the weapon. We had the banner. Grant brought a tambourine. So we had <laughs> right. so we had five people. We had a musician, a banner, and a champ. We had a full rank, with, a full command. rank with command. And we never got to use it. Oh, because we were just sitting around. We were just sitting around. Yeah. Well, it was like, oh, poo. But the, for, the banner did turn out great, though. Our banner looked really great, but a lot of the banners looked great. Yeah. A lot of people went and got professional banners. The Black Sun one was kind of funny. Yeah, it was Ben Diesel's head. Like they made a, a they had a giant board. black poster board with the words "the black sun" on it in big purple glitter stickers, and then they just slammed it over Diesel's head. <laughs> so his head was sticking out the it's, middle of it. It works. It's okay. legit. Diesel's crazy. He's an odd character. Uh, no, I got along just fine with him. We were talking all weekend, you know, and it wasn't. I wasn't being stalkerific because there was times he came up and was talking to sure. me because we got along pretty well. Just a couple of two big guys sitting around, but 
man, he, like, seriously, that guy just drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks oh, and drinks. Oh, I could believe it. Like, he did something like, like 16 shots one like night. How, I mean, there were people who came up to him and like, oh, I'm going to drink with you. And he's like, fine. And like 10 minutes later, that person is fall, literally falling over. Like, passed out. Going to pass out. And he's not even phased. Yeah. He was sitting there showing me, like, pictures of some of the stuff when he's in when he's at home when he's like oh this is what you get it's like 30 pounds i drank three of them and it's like a tray like when you go to mcdonald's uh-huh. like a mcdonald's tray with shots and drinks and all this stuff on it like this is what you order i mean 30 pounds that's like it's like 50, 50 bucks, bucks worth of drinks all on this thing it's like you you get it and share with people he's like i had three of these on my own and then we went to the next bar i'm like holy crap yeah, how he's... do you not have alcohol poisoning <laughs> I don't get that either, but yeah, he can certainly drink. He drank one guy under the table. He drank sure. more than one guy under the table yeah. in the same evening. It was frightening, but the, no, the Black Sun guys were there, and we met them Friday night, and they were really good. And I can't thank Chris Tomlin enough because he brought me like twenty bucks or so, twenty five. Well, he told me twenty five, but then he only took twenty from mm-hmm. me. Uh, Jelly Babies brought them from England, which are like my new favorite candy, like super legit, my favorite candy. Okay. So I, I had one. I was, it was pretty good. You know what? I was, I didn't know what to. I thought it would just be like gummy candies, and I'm not a huge gummy candy eater. It's not. I just something about it. Me and the boy just went nuts. So I can't thank Chris Tomlin enough for bringing that. Um, but so we did that, and then there was the banner ceremony, and then we tried to have another game of triumph and treachery, which we probably should. I think we shouldn't have done that one. I think we should have done that one. I think when Hastings came up and said. Because Johnny played with us, and I think when he rocked up to the table and said, I don't know why I'm playing this, I'm too drunk to be playing, we should have just said, fine, don't have to play. Right. Because, um, you know, it was, I was having fun, but I think everyone was a little tired, guys were a little too drunk, so there was a little, not as much paying attention, and you kind of gotta, even if it's not your turn. Right. Because the whole wheeling and dealing with the cards and playing with other stuff requires you're constantly playing attention. But so that that finishes Friday night. Now, Saturday morning, we get there, and it's time for gaming. Time to play. So we rock up to the table. You were taking your orcs and goblins. Yeah, my gunline army. Now, what did you have in your list real quick? Uh, well, it was six war machines, uh, the big horde of savages, two manglers, a bunch of chaff. That's pretty much it. So the, the plan is just to shoot you and foot a gork you and hope my stuff survives long enough to eke out a win. I had... Uh, I had my basic list. I had three units of zombies, 30 each, you know, 100 points. I had a horde of, not a horde, I had 35 ghouls, you know, seven ranks, only five wide. I had a necromancer lord in there. Mm -hmm. And then I had a vampire BSB on a horse in a unit of nine black knights. Right. So it was 10. And then I had um, two spirit hosts, one vargulf. And a unit of three Vargeists and a unit of four Vargeists. Okay. So not a list I normally take. I'm usually a lot more boots on the ground, bla- sure. uh, you know, um, Graveguard instead of Black Knights, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe another unit of Ghouls. So this is a, uh, an army that I played a couple of times with it. Uh, still don't have it down perfect, but I didn't care. I was going there to have fun and, and play my games and, and try something different and see how it worked. And it fit okay. my theme. I had just stuff a necromancer could raise, stuff that was either skeletons or zombies, and then there was a vampire, Vargulf, Varg... It had Var in the name. 
Right. And then skeletons and zombies. Okay. So is that's what I was running. Um, so how did your game one go? Oh, my game was rough. I played a Quentin Bond out of uh, California. I think he's one of the Leadership 2 guys. Okay. Where he plays with them quite a, a lot. And he was running um, Mono Slanesh, Demon Army. Uh, so a couple of uh, Soul Grinders and the Big Keeper of Secrets. Uh, a couple of uh, blocks of um, Demonettes. And the first Magic Phase, he he got to go first. First Magic Phase, he rolls that uh, Winds of uh, Chaos chart. All right. The Reign of Chaos. And it was that Leadership Bomb one, which for my army is, is death. Oh, yeah. So we decided that, okay, based on his army, which gets tries to get into combat versus my army, which tries to shoot... This game will pretty much be over in turn two, either way. I thought heavily in his favor, but he kept on saying it could go either way. The Reign of Chaos table said, no, it's going to be over <laughs> pretty much in game in turn one. Wow. I lost so much, so many war machines. Those that I, that I didn't lose panicked because they were, you know, in close proximity. After that, you know, when I have one Doom Diver and one uh, Spear Chucka that can still shoot, okay. not enough against everything that he's thrown at me so that game ended pretty quickly and uh, in the scenarios now th- these these games they set up um it's a it's a four point scale plus one point for an objective right um you have that man of intrigue and a lot of people have talked about it. basically man of intrigue is an over glorified uh moving objective marker yeah it's an objective marker um you just attach it to your unit it's just there mm. um on some Scenarios it counts for extra point things, but for the most part, it's just that your objective right. marker. So this one, you had to get your objective marker into the enemy deployment zone, and there's not in yours. Right. So basically, only one person could get the fifth point mm. if anybody gets it. You know, because right. if you're both in each other's deployment zones, nobody gets it. Mm. You know, so it's only one person's going to get it. Uh, if you win by a hundred or more, you get four points. Win or loss by less than 100, so a draw, you get three points. If you lose by less than 300, mm-hmm. then you get two points. And if you lose by 300 or more, you only get one point. Yeah, he won easily by 300 or more. I, I was tabled in this game. I got one point. Did on you that get game? one point, too? Okay. Yeah, I got one point in this game. Who did you play? Uh, I played against my new best friend, Zach Shelley. No oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zach's a good guy. I'd never played him. I didn't know him. Actually, I think he played in the Friday tournament. They had 100 spots. Yeah. They they filled 98. Then they raffled off one spot, and Diesel won it. Mm. And uh, then they had a Friday tournament, and whoever won the tournament got the last spot. Right. And Zach won. Oh, cool. I, I'm pretty certain he won that one to get in. Which club is he part of? Lords of War? Or? I think so, okay. yeah. Um, he had an empire army, and he had a nice themey army. It was, was cool. all it was it was one of those Ulrich armies, which, which winter, yeah, no. Ulrich winter Ulrich armies. I totally love them, even though I'm not big on the snow basing and stuff like that. Like I said, the Ulrich armies like my favorite empire armies when they're done really well because they got sort of that Vikingish theme. Yeah, that yeah, I really yeah right. You know, he had a unit of three graves. He had a cannon. He had a hurricanum, a unit of nine knights, ten inner circle knights. So he had two units of knights. Uh, big block of great swords, five pistoliers. He had Carl Franz, hmm. um, and then he had a level two of light and a BSB. Now he has a level two of light. And he rolls Shem's burning gaze and banishment. Oof! So it's like, oh, it's perfect against you. <laughs> oh. 
uh, dude, I got tabled. Like, I got the one point because I, you know, I managed because I had everything was in the middle of getting killed, yeah. and I did manage to get my guy just basically run the MOI into the okay, other deployment right. zone. That's how I got my point because just well, it's got to be right. part of a core unit, right? So you had yeah. a core unit of. I threw with the unit of zombies. Oh, you got them all the way to the other side. Well, I, was, I didn't get That's much magic good. off, but I just kept running them forward. And when I finally got off the one, Van Helst, sure. run, go another eight inches, right, go. Right, right. Uh, but dude, I got tabled. I mean, just down to almost just I had almost nothing left on the board. It's kind of disheartening. Your first game at this big tournament, you get tabled. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, after I mean, I went in. The Var guys got just beat up, yeah. and the Var golf was just shot off right off the. Be- I mean, it was just I had no chance. Um, it was fun though, you know. Two guys. He cares more about his army following a theme and being fluffy than about being a hard list. You know, I really like just taking what I like. I mean, the hurricane him there, right? Which is not. I mean, I think we'd all agree that's not. You know, he could have taken optimal. more Debbie right. Griffs instead of sure. that. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, his Debbie Griffs just tore up my Var guys. I didn't really stand a chance. But we had a really fun game. I think we we actually I think we voted for each other for for favorite opponent. Oh, cool! That's cool. Just That's a good uh, game, yeah, I mean, he actually it was just it was a really good time. But there was not much to tell. He just everything. I mean, you know, I had like three and four dice magic phases most of the game. His first couple of magic phases were ten dice apiece. Oh, jeez! And all he's got is shems. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go after your spirit host. Okay, I let you because I want to save right. the dice to stop. And then he, you know, irresistible forces the second one. Ugh. So I, you know, you hold the dice uh, for the second and one. Then and he gets both off. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, I mean, stuff's just I'm just taking stuff off left right. and right. So it, it was bad. So ouch. Then we get into the second game, and uh, second game was I don't think the man intrigue had anything to do really in that one either. Um, this one was the diagonal deployment. Oh, yeah, you would if they, you take their core units and you get to put their man of intrigue in one of the core units and place him. And that unit gets a vanguard. And it gets a vanguard. And then uh, after that, then you do one of those things where you're rolling to see what happens. Right. Um, to roll to see if they come in on reserves. Now on this one, if you win by a hundred or more, it's four points. You go to draw is three points. A loss by less than three hundred is two points. A loss by three hundred to a thousand is a point. This is the, the second round. You can take. You can get a zero. If you right. lose by a thousand or more, you get a zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your MOI is dead or fled off the table, and your opponents, your opponents is dead or fled, and yours is still alive, right? You can get a point. Both of ours. I think both of ours lived, so neither of us got a point for that on oh, that okay. game. I I played, and I'll, I'll just take this one. Sure. I played uh, Jared Horseman. Oh, okay. And he had, Wood Elves, uh, right? Yeah. He had a couple of units of Dryads, a couple of units of Glade Guards, some Scouts, an Eagle, a Tree Man. He had a unit of four Tree Kin, a level four Spell Weaver, and a Noble, and a Branch Wraith, and some Glade Riders and some Wild Riders. So hmm. we start playing. Okay. He gets to go first. Bottom of turn one, I have no Vargulf. I have no Vargeists. Almost. By the bo- by the end of the bottom he of turn one. You just shot him off? Well, he has three units of Glade Guard, right? I take the M- Man of Intrigue, 
stick it on one of the units and put it right near the front and put my Vargo across it. I'm like, I'm going to tear up these Glade Guard. Well, that happened to be the one that had the flaming banner. And at first, like, oh, they've got the flaming Uh, banner. I'm like, uh... Like really? Like oh, I, of the three units I managed to pick that one, but he did point out. He's like, their banner, like the other banners were green. This banner was red. He's like, I have the red banner ah, on this okay. to point out the. I was like, I probably should have noticed. <laughs> but did, so, did, did, he didn't say that when he deployed it. Well, no, because I pick it out and I deployed it, and ah, you're not going to tell people right. I have the flaming banner sure. on this. You know, that's a magic item. Yeah. So I charge it with the Vargolf, and they're like, uh, or no, before the Vargolf, they're like, yeah, we're going to shoot him with the flaming banner. <laughs> Dead. And then I charge in. Okay, this, this is where the game just went completely south. I thought I was going to get completely tabled again. Mm-hmm. He's got four tree kin, okay? I've got seven Vargais, because I, I throw both units into him. Right. Figuring I got Frenzy. I got six models in base. Con. I'm getting 24 attacks. You know, mm. um, I'm strength five. He's toughness five. This should be 24 attacks. I should be able to do, I mean, you're figuring about six wounds. Right. At strength five, he's only going to get, they're not magical, so he's only going to get, what, a six-up armor save. I should be able to take out two of the three, and then there's not enough attacks back. Right. I, like, flub my attacks. He saves all but one wound of the wounds I did. Then he turns around and he's like, yeah, I hit and wound with just about everything. Oh. So then I lose the combat by a few, and so both units. So at the end, I got one model left. One one at the end of the turn one. One lonely Vargolf. One lonely <laughs> Vargeist and no Vargolf. Um, I actually managed to pull this back by, of all crazy things, um, he's starting to eat through my lines, and my skeletons are starting to fall apart. The tree can are getting into him and stuff like that. He's got a tree man and some zombies. Right. I'm like, I'm going to lose. And the, the skeleton bunker's behind it, and I'm watching it crumble. And I'm like, I don't want to lose. So I just charge forward into his dryad character. He's got a dryad there. Right. Uh, uh, you know, um, the the branch wraith or branch, whatever the thing is called, the, the hero level dryad character. Okay. I don't know what it's called off And uh, I charge in with holds. I can't hurt it but i win with static combat res it breaks it runs i charge after it i don't get it but i overrun into his other character which turns my unit cockeyed i win that one by combat res. he runs i charge run over again i'm on the way on the other end of the board but i'm totally out of the way of all of the stuff that's Mm -hmm. coming after me and that's where my man of intrigue is i hit his glade guard or no his uh wild riders wipe them out wow like like the skeletons who aren't supposed to get in combat because my general mm-hmm. wizard is in the unit. It's a bunker. Yeah. They just ran up and started scaring off all the characters and killing everything they hit. It wow. was just it was great. Skeletons. That's pretty good. They did enough damage. They don't kill an eagle, kill some glade. They did enough where I only lost by like 700. So I avoided yeah. the hard loss and got a point. Nice. So, you know, one point. That was my second game. So I'm at 0 and Two. Oh, so you started 0-2. Wow. Yeah, I am with 0-2. The okay. first two games, I was like, wow, just taking a beating. Well, um, you, you, I, I think, I suspect you bounced back based on the scores. I did okay after that, but so I had, I had two points so far. What did you do for your round two? Round two, I placed, uh, played Kurt Gojan out of Minnesota, uh-huh. and he was rocking Lizardmen. Pretty fighty lord, uh, list. With, he had a Lord on a Carnosaur, Hortosaurus, and then three support skinks, wizards, Okay, all with beasts. So his, I think his plan was to get into combat, cast lots of um, 
Wizen's wild form and just grind you through combat. Oh, if you can get two or three of those off, I mean, yeah. yeah that's, that's that's serious business. And it, I think it had two Stegadons and some support elements. So basically this one, um, his general on the Carnosaur was a huge target for me. Okay. Trying to shoot him all game. Uh, eventually got him only because right when he was about to charge and cascade my entire War Machine line, he rolled to charge, I think a Doom Diver or something. He rolled three ones for his charge. Oh, no. Scoops up one inch. I get another round of shooting, you know, by miracle, and manage to kill him. Wow. And once that happened, then that turned the game a little bit. Because then I could start focus firing on his uh, horde of um, source warriors, which eventually got into combat with the the horde of savages. But without the magic support and without his his general on the monster, I was able to win that combat. And uh, that was pretty much it. So, yeah, he'll do it. Magic and, and... Everything else for Kurt just was not clicking. But meanwhile, shooting for me was was clicking in all cylinders, especially when he was gracious enough to roll the triple one on the charge. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, that will do it. But it was a good game. It was cool. It, the, the table was really cool. It looked like the inside of a cave. So there's this huge, like, I don't know what you call it, but like when a stalagmite and a stalactite meet. Oh, okay, it's yeah. Like one of those gigantic things, like, towards the center of the table. Right. So it was kind of cool. But yeah, that was, that was a good game too. All right, so then we get to game three. Yeah. Uh, game three was the singing scenario. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Okay, um, you put your man of intrigue with the unit, and uh, any wizard attached to his unit can enhance a, sp- a cast or dispel. Excuse me, by singing during the roll. So basically, you sing, and all your ones become sixes. Which can cause irresistible force. So and, and and the miscast, I think, if you do that, you, you roll, roll twice, twice and apply them both. Brutal. But here's the thing: you only get the objective point if you sing three times exactly. So right. you can't even sing more than three; just three. Um, we'd actually played this scenario before we went there, and so I had the or we talked about it. I don't think we played it. Right. But I, it was when we were going to practice, and so. I had already thought about this ahead of time, so I always saved one die. So I would throw the last spell and I would sing for that one. Right. So you even you if couldn't it, miscast, you you're could, safe. Yes. Yeah. Um. But I played Dan. Uh, I believe Growth. I believe it was Growth. Is how you pronounce his last name. And he had Skaven. Very cool Skaven army. All like all sorts of convert. It was supposed to be like a clan scryer. Mm-hmm. So all of his clan rats had like. Little robotic arms or legs oh, or cool. snouts, cybernetic rats. Yeah. that's cool. Um, everyone, uh, his his hell pit, the, the whole one arm was all robotic. So he had all this stuff. That he oh put yeah, in. I remember seeing that. Uh, his slave rats were all. They, I, I the, the models had to be the dwarf miners. Oh, I love it because they were all dwarfs, but they were all standing very straight, unlike the dwarf warriors. So I think they might have been miners. Did they have a little candle on their heads? No, they all had this bizarre helmet with these two bubbles of warp stone on it. They had mind control hats That's awesome. on, so they had been captured, and they stuck these warp stone powered mind control helmets on them hmm. to force them as slaves to fight. It was really that is just, cool. A brilliantly made army. Um, he had uh, a he had Ikit Claw, and he had a couple of uh, engineers. So they had like you know the Skitter Leap and the Warp 
fire, sure. you know, all that stuff. All the war machines and contraptions. Yeah. So he, <laughs> Dan comes in turn one, sings to get his thing, throws his dice, miscasts, rolls the four. Oh. So he's got the giant template. Now he's got Ikit Claw Air and his engineer, and he's got him in this his big unit of... Um, Clan rats storm, or storm vermin? Storm vermin. It wasn't a huge unit, but it was like you know 25 or 30, mm-hmm. not in a horde. He wipes out... No, it was clan rats. Okay. It was thir- but it, so um, takes out 16 of the 30 or 40 oh, clan man. rats. And the warp fire thrower that was next to the unit, that's gone. Uh, the engineer gets sucked into the warp. Okay. Loses his so like right off turn one he loses one of his casters right. a big chunk of the unit. Uh, we're both singing having fun. Um, I threw sixty zombies into the hell pit and fifty into the doom wheel. Did that hold them up the whole game? Oh yeah, yeah. the whole game. They just said I just kept growing. Here's the thing: first two games I couldn't get any spells off, no regrowth, no nothing. Got tabled. Here, I had a decent magic phase. Yeah, got some regrowths off. Tied up the hell pit, tied up the doom wheel. The fact that you can hold up the hell pit is impressive because that thing just it can crank out, out a so lot of attacks. Um, How many was he killing like every turn? Like seven or eight. That's it. Maybe nine. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I thought it'd be more than that, especially with a thunder stomp and everything. Uh, huh. Some of his thunder stomps were like ones. I mean, he didn't. Right. He didn't really. Have you to know. Be. But I mean, even if he got out ten, you know, I had. I had fifty or whatever. I had it was. fifty. I kept growing them, and I had you know I got I had con- uh, at least a static combat or as a four. Right. So it cut back on the on the like extra losses, cutting. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the you know the the black knights charge up here. The vargeist managed to go up the side and slam into the side of the unit, and just just I mean, just, and this was we were playing. Uh, there was fortitude in the, for this was you know, the it was playing for fortitude, blood and glory. So uh, I just I I really won this one pretty big. This one I got a full five points. Okay. So I was like, end of the day, I was one and two at right. seven points out of 15. Okay. Um, but I felt pretty good because I had a, at least one good. And all three games were fun. Like I had a really great time in each game, even getting beat on, you know. Well, yeah, uh, that's the key. And that the, the way the tournament is scored, it encourages kind of not beating your opponent up necessarily, but those closer games. Right. And I mean, the games weren't really close. None of them were close. The one I won, I won heavy. And the ones I lost, I lost heavy. Um, even though I only lost by about 700 points. I mean, I was lucky. I was getting beat up. Um, but it is weird because there's 25 total points for battle. And then you've got 25 points for painting, 25 points for sportsmanship, 15 of which you just get for showing up. So it's not right. that much. And then there's 25 points for showing up and playing both days right. to make 100. So everybody starts off with... 25. Uh, well, the 25 are showing up in 15 etiquette points. So you really start off with 40. Right. You can lose points if you screw around or, or mess around at the mm-hmm. tournament. But everyone pretty much starts off at that 40, um, and you can keep going. But that was the end of our day one, and then was the Feast of Champions. Well, I still have a game three. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally cut off your game. You played. That's right. Why was your third game? I played Fred Whitney from West Coast Hammer Time. Right, right. And he was rocking uh, all Zeech. So a big unit of um, horrors in the center. He had a soul grinder, 
lot of flamers. Okay. And a unit of um, one of those, uh, the flying things that... Screamers. Screamers. I'll tell you, you know, it wasn't an optimized list, and, you know, every, everyone says Mono Zinch isn't uh, that powerful, but in the hands of an experienced player who knows what they're doing, that's a tough army. Is it? He really gave me a run for my money, and, you know, he was cascading my war machines, and this is the fortitude-based one, so if you can break their fortitude, that will end the game. So I knew, you know, his big block of horrors, it was just operation, destroy that unit no matter what. Okay. I... Through the course of shooting and foot of gorks, I got it down to like a rank plus two characters. Okay. As general and BSB. And I was trying to get my unit of savages in combat with them just to wipe it out. Because if I kill that unit, then the game ends. Right. So I move them up. I, I get a hand of gork off towards the end of the game and put it right in his flank, thinking, oh, he can't get out of the way. But And I almost threw the game at this point. I almost threw it away because he was able to just march right out of my front arc. Oh, no. And when he did that, I looked at him and I went, oh, Fred, I just lost this game. And he's like, you think so? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And he was winning at points. So if I didn't destroy that unit, he would have won the game. Well, as Bork or Gork would have it, I cast a foot of Gork and bullseye that, that template three times in a row. Oh, no. To kill the unit and his general and his BSB that ended the game. Oh, my. So by the skin of my green teeth did I pull that one out of out of the jaws of defeat. <laughs> you stomped out a victory. Yeah. Nice. But, it, you know, it, we talked about it after the game. Even if I had placed the unit in such a way that he couldn't march out of my forward arc, he said, well, I would have just had the characters leave the unit. So you could get the unit, but you wouldn't have gotten the characters. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it was a very well-played game. And I, get, I tell you, the West Coast guys have a rep for being kind of laid back and stuff. But after having played two of them, they're pretty experienced, uh, you know, tight players. Well, you could be laid back and still be a good player. Yeah. I mean, were they pretty laid back guys and still being good players? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, there's... But I like that vibe because they are laid back, yet they're, they're tough competition. For some reason... And then maybe it's just because there's such a glut of podcasts out there. I know I listened to their podcast in the beginning, and I kind of liked it, but it's like I only get to listen to so many because when the kids are in the car, sure. you can only listen to Family Friendly. And I think I got them confused with a different one because for some reason I thought they weren't Family Friendly, so I hadn't listened to them in a while. And I had said that. I'm like, I don't get to listen all the time because the kids are in the car, and you're like, what is that? Yeah, they're they're pretty fan- they're pretty clean. So I actually, when we got home, I listened to the last couple yeah. episodes. It's like, oh, I really kind of like this show. Yeah, like, I, I, I forgot how much I enjoyed it, and it's like, oh, I can listen to this whenever. whenever. Yeah. So that that's that's a nice one because that one stays on the list because when the kids are in the car, you can still have it on. Because I can't. I mean, I, sometimes I listen to books on CD when the kids are in the car because I sure. frankly couldn't care less if. They can't follow along because they're halfway through the story. Right. But this first Law trilogy, too much bad language for ah, me to I have see. it playing while they're in the car. So. Yeah, it, it's funny because uh, when I first went up to the table, you know, we introduced ourselves, and he's like, oh, yeah, I listened to your show. I'm like, oh, thank you. He's like, we do a little uh, podcast of our own. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, West Coast Hammer Time. I'm like, oh, I listened to that show. I, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, I didn't recognize his voice when we were talking, but now after we, he mentioned that, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's really so, cool. So, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to play, Fred. It was a pleasure to meet him as well. Yeah, so that's... Well, That now we are at the end of our first day. Right. So you're... I think at the end of day one, I think I was at 11 points. I was at seven. You're at seven? Okay. I was at... Like I said, I was... Yeah, I was uh, one and two. Okay. Were you, were, were you at two? I was and, at two and one. Okay. And then... Um, 
we had already talked ahead of time with the Skull Bros and that, and everyone was supposed to bring something to eat. Right, the Feast Champions. And we were going to get together and, and eat. Rather than eating at the hotel, just bring something to eat. Right. So uh, I I had bought pierogi, and pierogi, you know, for if anyone who doesn't know, because like, town them had never even heard of it. Oh, it's really? Basically, it's like it's dumplings. It's like right. Polish dumplings. It's... I had uh, basically, you know, it's dough pockets filled with one Meat. had one. Well, I had uh, potatoes and cheese in one, and sauerkraut and mushrooms in the other. Oh, okay. And uh, I brought one of those little hot plate grills, the flat ones that you could like make breakfast <laughs> right. on. You brought like rice, and you cooked rice during the day in a crock pot, right. and then yep. you were rolling up sushi rolls. Right. Um, and it was so funny because we got through the doorbell rings. Now there's six crock pot doorbell rings. Door knocks. You go in there, and back on the desk in the back of the room, there's like six crockpots. Yeah, it was all huge spread. Mac and cheese, a chicken uh, sort of chili thing, this other hot chili. Yeah. People brought chips and drinks. There was just tons of food. Yeah. And um, and then people just started showing up. People heard and started showing up to eat. Right. Well, so, they tweeted it. Yeah. I think the Skullbro guys. And so once you broadcast it, then, yeah, a lot of people are going to show up. I know I was planning on make, rolling the stuff in that room. So I had no all that stuff, and I opened the door, and it's just wall-to-wall people. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, it, I can't do this in here. So I had to leave and go back to our room and well, do it. And next year, we're going to try to book the room that we had with the, with the connecting suite yeah, with the extra room, because yeah. then we could sit and you we could had roll. space. Yeah, tons um, of space. Dude, I got in there. There was no room for me either. Uh, in fact, Brosco was laughing. He's like, you're going to have to plug in the hot plate in the bathroom. Right. And so I was in the bathroom frying up pierogi on the, on the grill and so that that was a white text white text fried up pierogies in the, in the bathroom. bathroom, right? And it was I mean, people walked in and you walk in and there's all this food and then it's like go over by the bathroom, right? Because there's white. What do you want? You want you want sauerkraut right. mushroom or you want cheese? <laughs> you live from the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm handing out those. That was a, that was a great time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we totally were. Yeah, if if I can go next year, if it's not on Morgan Akira's birthday weekend, yeah. we're totally. Excuse me. Ah, we're totally doing that again. Totally, that, yeah. I mean, because the food at the Ale House is fine, but but it but doesn't compare to homemade. Right. Plus, I mean, honestly, our food was better. Mm, I wouldn't know because by the time I got there, just about all the food was gone. I saved you some pierogies, and I told them, I'm like, those save him some food. Yeah, those were good. I appreciate that. And Roder's, Roder brought the pistachio cake. I, I didn't get to try that. <sighs> Was it, I, that was probably all gone, too. It wasn't all gone. You were there because, remember, I finally finished cooking. I walked over there because people were eating a pistachio cake. I started yelling at people. Uh, I'm like, get away. Because, remember, I cut that big piece and then put it on the plate, and everyone was laughing, and then I picked up the whole cake and put the plate down, and they were like. I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. I was. I did. I stopped. I'm like, get the boop out of here. I was yelling uh, at people to get away from because that's, that's good cake. That's your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Dan brought this great. Uh, caramel covered cheesecake that was I mean it, dude oh. there was this it was a feast it really was it, it was it, I, I do regret having to have make that stuff in our room by myself while the party was going on you got next time you got to pick something that's not so difficult to make that was hard it's hard to, that was the first time I ever rolled it and I tell you rolling sushi rolls like that to make them look like they're supposed to look is hard yeah dude next time just bring the big thing of kimchi and be done with it man just a jar of kimchi. Well, you know, I can't hey, just bring that. You could bring a bigger jar. 
You can't just show up with just just kimchi. That's I showed up with weird. just pierogies. Yeah, but that's actual food. Kimchi is just a side. That's true. Kimchi is not food. Yeah, that's a condiment. Okay, <laughs> it is. Oh, I was just saying it's not food. I wouldn't know. I've never had not, it. Not, well, yeah, you'll have to try some next time. I will. Um, so, dude, after that, uh, the Skull Bros all went gotten. They, they went down to the. Uh, we all had to go down to the. Uh, Mustache contest, right? Because you have to do these things because it, it it costs you points if you don't. Yeah, in the oh, excuse me, good golly, Miss Molly, in the uh, twenty five sportsmanship points, you get fifteen just for showing up, right? And you can lose them. You don't get to the end of your round. You know, you don't play a full game in multiple rounds. You lose a point. Um, you know, throwing up on the floor. Well, if you get. Uh, uh, Complaints, Complaints from, from the staff, the, the staff or the hotel. Right, you lose points. Most people can get through without losing any points, but you get five extra etiquette points. Get your list in on time. Participate in the raffle. Participate in the uh, banner thing. Right. Participate in the mustache contest, and then there was one other. Oh, participate in the man of intrigue contest. So you all had your man of intrigue. They put that down to vote for best man of intrigue. Um, so most of us got all five, right? You know, uh, so we had to went to the mustache contest, uh, which was a lot of fun. Tupper went all out, putting on that white pimp suit. Oh my god, he's big pimping. Oh yeah, and just had his all his his that big beard of his with the braided you know, gold gold. Someone said it best. He looked like a slayer. He well, he did, dude, because he's he's not very tall. He put on a lot of muscle. He was saying in a year he put on almost 40, 50 pounds of muscle. Right, went from crazy. like one. I think he went from 130 to 170. Something like that. Yeah, all crazy. muscle. And he's got this mohawk, and he did. But he was walking around in that white suit with those glasses, just like, come on, man, I'll do your hair sometime. Like, totally like. Yeah, he's totally posing. Yeah. Where you're working it. Yeah, he won the Creeper Award <laughs> from the latest. Right. Yeah. But so, you know, you do the mustache contest, and after that, uh, we went back to the room. Uh, we were sitting around eating. I know a lot of the guys went down to the hot tub in the pool. Yeah, Grant and I stopped by there just to check it out, and it was um, a sight to see, to say the least. Well, I guess they had all gotten in the regular pool and were playing pool basketball for like half the evening when we were while we were upstairs. Um, we had gone back to the room. We were just kind of eating and hanging out and hanging out with the rest of our team with Greg and Stephanie and stuff. That scene in the hot tub, though, imagine uh, 30-some-odd gamers, <laughs> you know, sitting in this hot tub. It was... I don't know how to explain it. It was very strange. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it. It was surreal. It. it was surreal. But uh, I actually was tired, and I felt bad for missing the Feats of Strength contest. Um, you didn't get points for that one, but I, I didn't I even was, go see I it. I was wiped out, too. I, maybe I'm getting old. I'm just, I was tired. I was actually thinking, I'm like, I should go down there because I've never been here before, and I've never been to one of the contests like this, so I wanted to go see it. Yeah, I know you were debating. And then I was sitting on the couch, and you guys all went to bed. And I'm sitting on the couch trying to figure out if I should go or not. And next thing I knew, I opened my eyes, and it was like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, well, missed no. that. I guess <laughs> I'll just lay down and go to sleep. Right. Let's take a break, come back, and we'll talk about our Sunday games. Okay.
Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad to check them out. We're back. Howdy, continue, howdy, howdy. Continuing with uh, Wapaka Talk, day two, Sunday morning. So who'd you play? Uh, My first game was game? Jeffrey Nath. He's from um, oh, uh, Club Auto Break. Okay. And um, he had Beasts. Um, and he had a big unit. He had two big units of gore, Oh, I remember this. And one was, uh, this is on the table with that bridge in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this table, ta- capturing table quarters was for the objective point. And um, he had one unit of gore, and one unit of gore came in on reserves. And then he had some minotaurs, and he had a giant, and he had a cygore. So he had like all this sort of weird stuff, you know? The stuff you normally don't see. Um, he had one unit of... Ten Ungor Raiders that he had one of his wizards in, right. and then he had a couple of the uh, Razor Gore. So you know we're setting up. We got this big divide in the middle. So I kind of put all my stuff on one side, except for the stuff that can move really fast on its own or fly. Right. And this is a weird game because it was like I failed an easy charge. Like I tried to get my spirit host into the Cygor. All I needed was like a five. And you failed it? Yeah. Oh. And so he's like, okay, my Cygor is going to charge into your unit. He rolled like a two. Oh, So man. he failed a charge. Um, basically what happens in this game is he's really kind of got me on the ropes. I got I get off a few failed charges. Um, his giant charges into my zombies and rolls jump up and down, which is the worst possible thing I can get. It's the best one that he could get. Yeah, it's 2d6. Strength six. Strength. So he's just like, and he's Plus rolling. Plus the thunderstorm on top of that. Yeah, so then he's just rolling like tens. He's like right. taking. I'm like, I cannot grow these back right. fast enough. I'm losing zombies left and right. But top of turn one, because he goes first. Um, he rolls his first spell. Rolls like three dice. Rolls two sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, gets the big template again. Yeah. Kills. Three no, he didn't get the big template, but he was in the stuff. Kills three of the Ungor, which causes a panic check. Which because he's off on the other side of the board, he's not near a BSB. Uh, fails it. He's got to run away from the nearest enemy, which is me, and he's right on the board edge. Right. Oh, there they go. So boom, he he now he does summon up a Javerslith with that irresistible force, but then his wizard's off the table. So he loses. So it, he, he so had, it dies. He had two wizards. Well, yeah, because it, it goes away. Yeah. No, the Cygor stays. I mean, the uh, the Jabberslide uh, stays. stays. Okay. Um, 
Then on turn two, his mage in the unit of the gore rolls two dice mm-hmm. to uh, bring to do the transformation of Kadon. Or no, it rolls three dice, pair of sixes. Man. So no one wants to charge, but miscasts abound. <laughs> so that is going to call up um, the dragon. It's going to summon up, you know, transform yeah. him into a dragon. Right. Kills nine of the gore in that unit and does one wound to the mage before turning it wow. into the thing. Uh, I totally almost forgot. Second turn, I get all these dice. I get off my first spell. I'm about to go and cast my second spell. I stop. I'm looking at the board. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that a remains in place? Right. I guess I'm, I need to get rid of that. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I get rid of that. Um, meanwhile, his uh, Minotaur are getting ready to just get into the flank of my zombies and wipe out the stuff that the, that the giant's jumping up and down on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I managed to <laughs> race my spirit host. First, I actually, the, the, the spell that pricked practically saved my whole game because he was getting ready to just clobber my right. zombies and get into my skeleton unit. I got off a raised dead and put nine zombies right in front of those Minotaur, basically facing them off into sure. the other end of the board. Divert them. They wipe. I only, only summon six. They wipe yeah. them out. They have to overrun their D6. Now, then, so another turn to turn around, another turn to move forward. Right. By that time, I run up a spirit host, threw a spirit host into him, and yeah. kept him out of the game. Nice. But uh, I, I I won this one. Uh, oh, and then on turn four, he throws two dice at the um, the wild form. Mm-hmm. Pair of sixes. Another miscast. Jeez. Does another wound to his to his uh, lord level mage. So he's you know so he, uh, or he's just he's killing off his own three guys. miscasts, oh. killing off his half of his own That's army. Insane. Um, so I actually won, got the full five points for this because I had the fortitude points, right. and um, I had wiped out most. I mean, he wiped out half of his own army. Sure. So detonating himself all over yeah. the place. Fun game. It was actually just sort of a, you know sort of a give and take. Nothing really exciting happens except yeah. for the fact that it seems like every time he went to cast magic, he blew himself blew up. Himself up. <laughs> Jeez. So how'd your game go? Uh, oof, this one I played uh, Tyler Scoggin out of um, Rockford. Right. And he was pretty, playing a pretty soft Dark Elf list. Right. No cauldron. He had a horde of executioners, small block of witches, uh, some crossbows, one hydra, and one chariot. Uh, level four and a level two and a block of spears. Wow. And uh, Tyler, he is a younger gentleman. He definitely likes yeah. to drink. <laughs> yeah. So Friday, Saturday nights, he was... Uh, Parting it up. So Sunday, you know, we got our table assignments. We start setting up, and he's nowhere to be found. But he eventually made it. I didn't think he was going to make it, but he made it. He did make it just in time, and he was hungover or something fierce. Oh, boy. So he really wasn't feeling it. I was like, oh. And once he saw the army that I had, all the shooting against his Toughness 3 Dark Elves, uh, he, you know, he, he, w- I don't think he was enjoying the game particularly much, and I think his state of mind, the hangover, didn't help. Yeah. So he started playing, and you know, I shot off a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, his general's unit panicked and ran to the other side of the table, and he p- pretty much called it at that point. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw it in. <laughs> he reached over and shook my hand. I'm like, really? Are you sure? He's like, yeah. I'm just not into it right now. I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. So... It's it's a little disappointing to not have played a full game because he seemed like a nice guy, and I would have liked to have played the full game. But you know, I understand that if he 
since he's not able. But that's so it kind of ended on a anticlimactic note there. So you're at two and two at this point. I'm at uh, three and one. At three this and point, one, sitting on sixteen points. I'm at two and two, sitting on twelve points because okay. I got the full five. Yeah. So I had two games where I got one point, and two games where I got five points. So then we get into game five. Oh, by the way. We have all these, you know, we had the blood and glory, we had the diagonal deployment, all that stuff on day one. Day two, rounds four and five, straight battle line. That's perfect. Yeah. Lots to think about. Yeah. People have been drinking, people have been partying. Right. It's Sunday. Make it simple. Yep. Now, on this last one, your man of intrigue, the unit he was with, whatever rank bonus that unit would get Mm -hmm. counted towards your fortitude. Right. And whoever had the most fortitude in the center of the board, like basically you, you, you spot the center of the board and you got a one-foot diameter or one-foot radius, radius circle. Yeah. If you're within a foot of the center, yeah. whoever has the most fortitude wins that secondary right. objective. So um, now my game I played David Caven, also from Club Auto Break. A lot of Club Auto Breaks for you. Yeah. Well, two in a row. And yeah. I'd never played any of them. Now 40% of my games are against Club Auto Break. Um, he was one of the guys who had taken the zomp, the vampire. They all took that same vampire council list last year, so he knew vampires, which was nice because yeah. you know it was easy. He was playing Bretts. He had sort of designed. Uh, he had this whole theme was uh, it was zombie Bretts. Cool. So basically, his all his peasant units were zombies, you know, with with some peasant outfit sure. stuff, but they were they were zombies. Um. He had a three Grail Knights, a small unit of uh, regular knights. Uh, he had a unit of three, three uh, Pegasus knights. Yeah, right. One character on a peg, and then he had the two Trebs. But one was a giant ogre spinning around this big, like netted bag full of zombie bits. <laughs> like he was just chucking <laughs> zombies at you. And the other one was like all mantic zombie arms built out of the ground, almost like like a necromancer had like formed them together mm-hmm. and so they formed like a couple of big hands that were throwing zombies like right oh, from the ground cool. so it was all this zombie theme um and on this game uh i really i i had another a couple of lucky breaks you know we we're moving through and attacking stuff my var guys i actually figured out how to use them by this point okay managed to keep them away from his shooting right out of sight um and then ran them up to the side uh, you know, just basically up the flank, right. into the side, got the Vargolf up there too, and managed to charge the Vargolf into the one war machine, mm-hmm. oh, you know, then overrun to the next war machine. Um, that helped. The big thing in here was his big peg knight character comes running up the side there. Right. And, like, I didn't have, like, I didn't have much to do, like, with my magic. I had a really good magic phase. But I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just try and throw a fireball at that guy. Sure, 2D6 strength four. He's toughness four. I can throw a fireball. If I get a good hit, maybe I'll do a wound or two. Right. So, uh, you know, he's probably got the, you know, he's got the, I think his character might have had the the dragon. Bane, dragon. Whatever. Yep. I roll up 10 hits. So it's 2D6. So it's 10 hits. But yours, yours isn't a flaming magic missile, is it? Um, it's just a regular magic missile. No, it is a regular magic missile. You're right, okay. so that didn't matter. But right. he still had the what a two up armor. It was a sure. big knight, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, ten hits. I roll up eight wounds. Nice. 
So he's got he's got two wounds. It's a hero on a peg. Right. So he's got to save like almost all of them. Yeesh. So it was like boom, and he rolls up and two up save becomes a was, becomes three a up three up. Yeah. And did he have a ward save? Uh, I don't recall. I don't think so because he had a bunch of characters. I think he was. I think he had the ward save on the wizard. Okay. So I just I. Dude, it was just like I threw a fireball. I was like, I don't fluke. I'm like, I'll just try it. Boom, blew that character right up, which totally opened up by that flank, like nice. took off the pressure, and I was able to just we went up the middle. Um, I did get off a lucky break where he had charged into my zombies and my skeletons in the center, mm-hmm. trying to kind of wipe them both out. Uh, his big unit of peasants is into my black knights, right? And just so many attacks, I'm not going to be able to survive. But he does that charge and completes it, and then he charges with the peg knights, which are off to the side, and he starts pulling from like, hold up, hold up, don't move him. And I wasn't trying to be gamey, but I stopped because after he'd moved, I'm like, hold up, and he put the the you know the little the forty five degree visibility. Thing. Yeah, he was in my flank, which was completely blocked up by his own peasants. Oh, so he couldn't charge. He could. He just fit in between my knights and my zombies. So his three peg knights, one knight was touching the back last row of skeletons. Mm. So it's like, well, what happens if you kill them all and you're out of base contact? You can't move to be in base contact. We didn't even know what happened. Turns out he killed just enough where I stayed barely in base contact. Mm -hmm. And then I grew more back. But then on the next turn, and here's where it all turns around. I win the whole game. I charged him with a spirit host. Did a couple of wounds with that. Yep. He flubbed all of his attacks with those uh, peg knights. And with combat res and all that, they broke and ran. I ran them down, which forced uh, a, a turn. And then, boom, I was in the flank of his peasants with my skeletons, hmm. which saved that combat. Boom, broke that unit. And I was the only one with any fortitude in the middle. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, I just basically I, I got another five, five. Oh, so I went three and two. Um, I went one point, one point, and then five, five, five. So I got so seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Which was not bad for the first two games, barely getting anything, and then getting and then everything back, in the right. last three was not too That's bad good. at all. That is good. How was your last game? Last game, I played a, a yet another leadership two guy, Ed Phillips, out of California. Okay. Uh, he's Warhammer veteran, longtime player. I think he worked for GW at one point, but uh, super cool guy, great looking Nurgle army. In fact, I voted him for my best, my favorite army. Okay. He, he was the Nurgle army that had the super long, like, uh, flight stands for the different... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a nice one. I took some pictures of that. Yeah. The plague drones on those really great, long stands. Yeah. yeah. Great looking army. So this was a tough one because it was all Nurgle uh, with a cannon. He had the, the tally man, Epidemus, uh-huh. in, a, in a unit of... Um, uh, what do you call them? Plague bearers? Plague bearers. And this is this is the fortitude mission as you mentioned. So, I his game, you know, is get into combat, and as the tally man wrecks up his kills, just grind you out in combat. That's right. his game. My game is to shoot everything that I can and avoid getting into combat, and hopefully eke out a, you know enough to win the game. Right. It didn't turn out that way. I played his game. I sh- up until about turn four or five, I played my game, shot off just about everything, and but then. Managed to get into combat against his plague bearers with my savages, which I did not want to do, but that's what happened. So yeah, he forced his will upon me, and uh, goodness, and yeah, won that game, and um, that was pretty much it. He he ground the savages down, broke them, 
ran him down. So how many points did you wind up with? In total? Yeah. 17. So we both had 17. No, no, no. Actually, 16. I think you at the end of the tournament, you were ahead of me in battle points. Oh, that's one. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one ahead. So I went 3-2 and two at 16 points. I was 3-2 and two at, yeah. Yeah, two games of getting zero was uh, didn't help me. <laughs> you got zero on two games? I believe. No, three games of five. I think I got one point. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. otherwise you couldn't have gotten 16. So that was our tournament, man. Um, you know... Mike Gerald won the whole thing again. Again, first guy to win Packa more than once. There's five of them, so he's won forty percent of the Wapaka tournaments. Have you ever played Mike Gerald? Uh, I've never had the opportunity. No. I haven't either. I, I would. It would be quite an experience to do so. Though. Sure. Uh, Kevin Bruins. So Gerald and Bruins going to the the Warhammer Masters yep. next month. Uh, Gerald won Packa, and uh, Bruins won Best Sports. Right. Uh, and best sports, once again, we'll talk about the scoring things yeah, yeah. in a minute. Um, the guys in the Black Sun won best team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomlin took second place and best painted. His paint was impressive. Dude, that was a... Re- you know, he talks in the show about, oh, I just got it just, just ready for yeah, a Yeah, I was under the impression that he just throws things together and shows up, but no, oh. his Dark Elves were really good. Yeah, Top he's like, notch. well, this was an army I'd been working on a long time. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, right, yeah, it shows. Dude, it was really nice. It was beautiful. So he won Best Painted. Um, all around a great time. Yeah. Now, what I thought was interesting was this... this the way the tournament scoring broke down because I remember talking to Rotor. I even said, looking at you, I'm like, I didn't expect to get many points for mm-hmm. painting because I heard the competition was so stiff for painting. And then it's like most people seem to be getting 17, 18, 19. Like, if you had a fully painted right. army, you got that. And I was like, this is kind of a BS checklist. Well, in the past, I think Wapaka's paint judging has been known to be fairly harsh only because... The painting, especially coming out of that area, is so strong. Yeah, and the guys who are judging are Precisely. people like Johnny Hastings. Yeah, exactly. You know? But um, so you look at this, and they give you this checklist to fill out yourself and get, turn it in. So when they go to check your army, now is the entire army painted to you know tournament standard ten points? Mm-hmm. Is there a man of intrigue? That's a point. Does it have a consistent basing scheme? That's a point. Do they have matching movement trays? That's a point. Uh, matching display board with a name placard. That's a point. Consistent paint scheme. So consistent basically, you know, just is there a, you know. Sure. Do you not just borrowing a bunch of different people's models? Is everything blue? Is everything red? Yeah. Right. Um, that's a point. Our models notably, noticeably in consistency highlighted and shaded. Explain below. So it asks you, it gives you a chance. And I love that it gave me a chance to, right. you know, not just say yes, but. Listen, this is something that... Justify it. Well, and it's, you know, is it noticeably and consistently highlighted? Well, that's sort of subjective, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be... This is what I do with my students when I have them write papers to go with a project. I go, you're not there when I'm grading the project. Your paper is your chance to explain to me what I'm looking at so I know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what they gave me, a chance to explain myself. Uh, Are there noticeable conversions? My conversions, I only had two, you know. Did and, you note them? Yeah, and so I got points for it. I mean, one was I took uh, the Mears Miniatures BSB, mm-hmm. and I put them on a horse, which isn't a huge conversion, but it's there, but it and counts. it took some work. Sure. And then, you know, skeletons, they're so spindly, things break. And when the legs <laughs> break, hilarious. it's hard to put them back. So I, I was sticking arrows in 
instead of <laughs> peg leg skeletons. So I had peg leg skeletons when the legs broke. Uh, do character models stand out? Explain how. So I had my couple of characters, and this is you know I I worked to to, to make sure this guy was highlighted a little more. Right. Um, I made sure his color scheme was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, like my BSB was on. I had all the old Black Knights, and they were painted black. Like okay, and the and the horses. Remember, the old horses were just the skeleton horses. But so the BSB was on one of the new Black Knight horses, which had right. like all the covering. Uh-huh. So all of them were were black, and his was all rusted. So he stood out. So I got I explained it, got the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, did your army have a theme? Beyond paint to include modeling, basing, unit selections. Yeah, I have stuff a necromancer can raise and then a few vampiric things. So I got your vampire stuff running out and saying, we need more than just the six models here. Uh So it was all zombies and skeletons. So, boom, you get a point. Mine was, yeah, everything shoots. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, you had something. Explain it. 19 points was not too tough. Right. Now, it's 25 points total. This is where... And I said, you know, dude, anybody can get 19. Even if you did, you know, even if your army didn't look all that good, you could. I mean, there were people who got 17 and 18, and you know, but for the most part, that 19 is yeah. is is attainable. Right? Yeah. But so, I mean, you're looking around. I know, you know, you're talking to other people, and you're looking, and you're like, you know, some people got 19 or 20 that had really. I mean, there were armies that were a lot nicer than mine that got the same score I did. There were some armies that weren't as nice as mine, at least in my opinion, that got pretty much the same score I did. And okay. so that's why I was talking to Rotor. I'm like, this is a BS checklist. Like anybody, I mean, this is stupid. Sure. But then it comes down to the other six points, which is where it really comes down to. Th- this is where the separation, I think, really starts to occur. Right, which is nice because if, if you're a person who's like, oh, I hate about the painting. Well, it's only really most people can get most. It's a few points difference. Did you get at least one player's choice vote? You get a point. Dude, I got a point for that. Somebody voted for my army as their favorite. I was I was like, wow. All that's, right. That's cool. Good. That's awesome. Did you get five or more? That's another point. So now it's, there's a separation even from that a little right. bit. Uh, did your man of intrigue get at least one vote for mm-hmm. a favorite? So there's three points you can get there for if, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you other catch people, someone's eye. Yeah. Right. If you impress the your peers. Then you get two points, and these are subjective, and these are just from the judges. Did they? Did you see a high level of technical painting skill and a high level of technical modeling skill? Those are a point apiece. And this is what I said. I said because your whole army practically was converted. Or not the whole army, but like half the stuff on the table. I, I tried to do, yeah, a lot of it is. You have a lot of conversions. Your fanatics are converted. You know, your... The wolf chariots. Every wolf chariots, is, is converted, every, yeah. right? And I have a peg leg... Mm-hmm. And a guy on a horse, and I'm like, we both got a point. I'm like, that's that's totally unfair. But then you pointed out you got the extra point for is there a lot of conversions right. on it, and I didn't, and that's an, another point separation. And then if you get a play, if you win either player's choice for your best painted, or you win best painted, or you win a man of intrigue award, mm-hmm. then you got that one extra point, right? So it's almost impossible to get. I mean, out of the hundred people there, only five could get twenty-five, poss- possibly. Correct. Because you'd have to get all twenty-four, and then there's three man of intrigue awards, the best painted, and the player's choice. Right. So it's very hard to get twenty-five. I like the way they do that in that every point is a mile in terms of difference. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it, everyone can get most of them. Well, look at the uh, sportsmanship. You've got 15 points you're given. Now, I lost a point because I only finished turn five in two of my games. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, that's the rules. What am I going to do? I mean, Does it bother you if you didn't finish all six turns of your game? Because some people, it bothers them a lot. You know, the, I, I didn't finish with Jared with the with the Wood Elves, and that was the, just the deployment with the diagonal. took us kind of a while in getting everything down. And then with it was the last game, uh, we only got to the end of turn five, and basically there was only a couple of models on the board. I mean... Mm. The game was pretty much over, but we ran out of time. So mm-hmm. neither of those last turns mattered very much, I think. So, I mean... In those instances, no, but there could be a time where it, it does, especially with your army, since VC is a late-game performer. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a whole round, it, it could be to your detriment. Well, That's and all I, I'm saying. And I always point out to my opponent, too, I said, listen... You know, I with the regrowing, it's going to take me. It takes me a while to put all those models right. back on when I grow. So I'll tell them, listen, I grew them. I'm putting dice down, and then when you're doing your movement and doing your other stuff, put in. that's right. when I'll put them in. So I'm not wasting time on the table. Makes sense. So it was a little upsetting losing a point like yep. that because and you don't think much of it. So, um, well, they're trying to stop the a pattern, right? You know, repeat behavior of that. So I got 15 points for showing up. I got five points for participating in all five of the little things. So that's 20. Right. And your last five is uh, you've played five players, and each person has to vote on their favorite opponent. Mm. If you, you can't vote for your club mates, you usually don't play them anyway. Right. And you can't vote if you grudge someone in the first round, you can't vote for them. Mm-hmm. So you can get up to five players' choice. That's sports. Yeah. Uh, I wound up with 21, so I got, must have gotten two favorite opponent nice. votes, and then I lost the one for oh, for, not for not finishing, finishing. games. Yeah. Um, so, but, so you look at that, and what's really interesting is, okay, I got 25 free points. Then you get 15, basically 20 free points for participating and showing up. Right. And then so you've got a five-point separation for people voting for you for their favorite player. And then you've got 19 points, which basically just about anybody can get. So you got another six points. Like you said, it's it seemed like BS to me at first because anyone could do it, but it's like just those few extra points are the difference because I had 83 points at the end, and you had 84, and so did Grant. Grant had 84. There was about eight people who had 84 points. Grant was, I think, in 17th place. You were in 20th. Mm-hmm. Yep. I came in in 26th. I was only one point one behind point you behind. guys because what they do, and here's where it comes down, is that if you if if uh, you're tied, then they go to strength of schedule to determine the tiebreaker. So it really does come down to how well you played consistently through the games right. and, and the people you played against. Um, but I, but I like that because it's shaded towards the competitive aspect of the game. Right. So. Yeah, I mean the game's only separated by a point here and there. I mean you, you, me, and Grant were one point apiece, and there was a, there was a ten place spread. Right. I mean, Diesel came in, I think sixteenth, fifteenth or sixteenth or something like that, um, and he didn't participate, and he he lost three points. He didn't. He's, he's no man of intrigue. He didn't hit the man of intrigue. He didn't do that. Uh, he didn't do the mustache contest because he wanted to take a nap. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And um, there was something else that he didn't 
do. And so he lost three points. Well, those three points would have had him in seventh place. Where did he finish? 15th or 16th? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. But I mean, he probably I mean, doesn't care. No. But uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy that th- those few points separate such a wide – it's that tight. So I like that system. It's a nice – clean scoring system, mm-hmm. and it splits the, distri- the distribution pretty evenly between pain, sportsmanship, and victory points. But every point counts. Right. So it, it really works out kind of cool at the end. I really sort of liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was as far as the tournament goes, it's probably my favorite tournament I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something, because I really love bits. I look forward to that. Every every year when we, when you guys run it, I look forward to doing it. But this was just completely different because we never left the place even right that's that's a big part of it It, you maintain the group cohesion throughout Mm -hmm. the whole weekend we're all there we're playing till two in the morning they closed the place then guys went to the pool and we're at at the at the hotel up all night i mean it was just craziness it was just it never stopped for three days it was really cool like non-stop warhammer party yep yeah it was a good time so uh let's take a break and then when we'll come back uh we got one more thing to talk about folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mierce miniatures at mierceminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter Those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. Here we are, back again. A nice long marathon episode. <laughs> right. There you go, turn yeah. it on. <laughs> I should turn it on. Uh, so, okay, we finished talking about PACA, and really, I can understand how PACA sets the bar for people. It really does. I mean, the tournament was fun. Everybody's there to have a good time. I mean, top tables, bottom tables... There was no strife, no big arguments, no right. problems on the table. Well, I think a lot of people are just happy to be there to experience and take it all in. Yeah. I mean, we're all there together having a really fun time, so there's not a lot of rivalries, you know, um, even between clubs and stuff like that, you know? It's, it's a healthy rivalry. It's fun. Right. By the way, if you show up and you're not on a team, you get put on a team because they have the best team award. So if you don't have a team, if you show up solo, Johnny, Raj, and Bear basically just Make their own teams. They, they're each they're each quote unquote captain, and they pick right from the people who exist, like you would on the on the on the you know on the on the playground. On the playground, sure. And you're that's your team. 
And they're part of the running uh, yeah. so, competition. Yeah. And make sure that everybody's in involved included, in all aspects. Included. Yeah. It's a very inclusive community feel. Yeah. So they do a great job of that. Yeah, no, it was uh, a really good time, and they make sure to get up there and talk to you guys during in between rounds and sort of make sure everything's going on. Yeah, um, you know, then they have at the end they have the raffle. Dear Lord, hmm. that raffle went on forever. Well, they have and a lot of stuff to give well, away. I'll tell you what, though, everybody is supposed to bring something for the raffle. That's yeah. part of your get an etiquette point. Right. That's one of your little etiquette points. I will say this: uh, Roder brought it up, and I think he's dead right. You know, there was people who brought stuff that was, I mean, there was stuff that I looked at, and that was stuff I got in my swag bag at Adepticon, like the little baggies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Just curious, what did you bring for the raffle? I brought two things, because I felt guilty. First, I had a blister for one of the Beastmen characters. It was like a $20 blister, but I was like, I felt felt cheesy just bringing a blister. Okay. Like, I was like, oh, maybe that's not enough. So I grabbed one of the boxes of models that I would never use. I actually uh, one of the. So you did two. Yeah, well, the, it was a forty dollar box. Wow. And so I had that, and I'm like, I'll probably just. And then everyone's like, No, dude, you could totally give the blister. It's a twenty dollar blister. It's a nice blister. Uh, but then Rotor forgot his, so oh, I, I gave okay. him the blister. Ah, said, nice. You give that in. I'll give in the box. Okay. Or something. Help a brother out. That's cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, but that was like. That was the first edition Lord of the Rings book, like before War of the Rings, so like the rules weren't even any good anymore. Yeesh. And he's like, dude, you got to, if you're going to participate, then participate. There was like a, a like a GF9 uh, movement tray, one of the old skirmish GF9 trays where they're not lined up, where they're like a cloud of uh, fl- things to put not in. Really, not really usable. Well, dude, there was a, a Lord of the Rings book in there that... Right. What, I mean, it's 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 the old rule. That's like it, it, that's like if you brought a seventh of de- a seventh sure. dead rule book, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and I'm not, you know, hey, everybody's gonna bring what they want to bring. Right. I don't want anyone to get offended. I don't, I'm not trying to well, offend it's, anybody. It's, well, the thing is, it's you're, you're already spending. The way I look at it is, you're spending a lot of money to be there in the first place, right? Plus, if you did the raffle, this, that, and the other, to then have to buy a package to submit to this raffle is yet another expense. So I can see why. People, you know, cut corners. But I'm telling you what, when they're reading out, seriously, I mean, there was over, there was at least a hundred prizes there because yeah. everybody brought something. They're reading out the numbers that they drawn. People are coming and picking. Seriously, I was lucky. I got picked kind of early, and even then, right. I was just going to grab Empire stuff for Morgan because there was some. By the time I got up there and I got called early, it was all gone. Right. I mean, I grabbed. I, I mean, I got. I won. I actually, I won. I got my numbers got called three times. I went up there. I grabbed a. I got a box of Demonettes. And I got a box of Screamers or Flamers, one of the two. I can't remember which, for Demons. Third time I went up there, it was literally just those little things. Right. I handed my ticket, looked around, and just, like, I'm like, I, there's yeah. nothing here. I, I actually didn't uh, purchase any raffle tickets because I, I never win raffles. So I figured, right. oh, this, my budget's already stretched, so I'm not going to buy anything. For my part, though, as as cheap as it probably was, I only put in a deck of um, Dark Elf Battle Magic cards. And I was going to do some pots of paint, too, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of paint that I, I don't use, a lot of colors that I don't use, and they're new. But hey, You know, but the Dark Elf Magic cards are at least usable. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it's not a $40 box of Well, models. I mean, so, I, so I, mean? I went overboard, big deal. I mean, other people brought stuff that was big like that, too. I mean, it happened, right. you know, but it was just seriously, because that, that raffle took a long time, and... By then, people By the are second out of gas, half, right? yeah. I mean, we're looking, we're getting ready to get done and go, and 
They're straight up. I mean, seriously, like by that point, that's when I went out and brought my stuff out to the car. Right. I thought you were out there. Yeah, right. Well, is there like, any way to, I don't know if there's a way to speed that up or. They did it as fast as they could because they weren't yeah. actually drawing and reading the numbers. They had drawn them and just written down. There's a hundred oh, prizes. They really? had drawn all the numbers, written them down. And then Bear's wife got up there and just read just down the list quickly. Yeah, but that's a hundred things that you're. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's still going to take a while. And like I said, the second half was just pointless. Big, right. I mean, whatever, you know, so either way. Probably use them. If not, then the orcs and goblins four phoenixes. Only two. <laughs> Only two phoenixes. Okay, hey, take them. Hey, it's no comp. Take them. That's yeah. what you that, want. That I have no problem with. Two phoenixes to me is almost a concession with all the cannons out there. Banner of the world dragon. You know, big bus of knights. <laughs> You're not gonna rage on me, are you? I freaking hate that list. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun to play. You, but you have now, I've noticed a pattern with you of playing this list where you've got that sort of indestructible almost death star where a lot of your points are in that I can't but A take. lot of the games, a lot of armies in fantasy nowadays play that way. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, I'm not You you do the same thing, but you spread it out among four or five units. Well, that's not a death star then, is no, it? No, it's point denial. It's hard to kill zombies. What do you want from me? It's hard to kill the thing is, Dragon though, if you, if you get a jump on them and you kill them, those zombies really quick, then I'm I'm out. I'm out. Because you know how I, hard it is to kill? You start off with, what, 50 in a unit? No, I start off with 30. You know how hard it is to kill 30 You only have zombies? to kill about 10 or 15, and then the other half pop, and if I have a bad magic phase, they're gone. That's why I hate freaking ogres, because I hit up a unit, and they get, like, 30 attacks. They right. just Impact wipe. Yeah, they wipe yeah. them out. I can't handle it. Well, but you have so many answers to stop them between ethereals and raising ghouls. Anyway. <laughs> We're all over. Right, right. Listen, let's, let's, let's end. Let's end the show. Yep. I'm, I'm tired. It's 1.15. Oh Good God. late. I should almost just release this in the full four-hour form. Just Ugh, trim a little bit. Don't do that. You got to cut it down a little bit. Oh God! Be okay. nice to our audience. You're making it work for me. I wanted this show to be short, so I wouldn't have to edit so hard this week. Okay, so that's the show. Yeah. All right. Wow. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope we didn't whine too much. Hope we didn't go way off topic. But I don't know. I just made, I needed to get on that soapbox this week after watching other people just lose their minds on the internet. I just. That, yeah, I, I read it. I think. I didn't it, let her it bother really me ups- because... It really upset me. But you're not... I'm not even a part of it, and it upset right. me. 
hey, man, this is America. And those people represent well, yeah, America. I think you want the community to be the, its best. And yeah. That's not really its that's best moment. That's not what I see at all. Right, it's right. shameful. So, All right, folks. Um, Leave us an iTunes review. <laughs> Sign up for the forums. Join the uh, community. Join the dialogue. Please do. Let us know what you think. Uh, how do you play? And, you know, what do you think might be – is there anything that you think is pushing it too far when you're playing? That's not necessarily cheating because obviously cheating is pushing it too far. But is there other stuff that you see people do that just is like, oh, no, nah, I've had it. I can't deal with that when I play against a person because I'm interested in what you have to say. At what point do you sacrifice sportsmanship for winning? And uh, we'll be back uh, end of the month right before my birthday. Oh. With uh, – You're going to be, what, 26? The twenty seventh is my birthday. Ah, yeah. But how? How many years? Forty two. Wow, that's young, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, and then March is going to be the month of dwarfs, maybe because we're going to have the big old review. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be one part or two, but it'll be the last. If it's a two part review, it'll be uh, probably our last one. Sure. We're going to try to condense stuff down, but I'm just so damned excited. I I would be too. It looks like a good book. I'm excited to read it. You'll be playing against the new army. You don't have to face any more of those ethereals oh, and those know, damn zombie hordes. Are you just going to be happy not to face zombie well, hordes? Well, it's going to be a different There's sort of pain, I'm sure, in some way. Oh, I'm going to bring you pain. Oh, I'm sure you are. Grumroll hammers upside your head. Yeah. Lots of dwarves all the time. Yeah. So we'll see yeah, how it plays yeah. out. Yep. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening and sticking with us to the end of this. Chris has got to go home because he's going to be mad at me tomorrow. He's tired. <laughs> So, all right, take it easy, folks. See you in a few weeks. Take care, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.